1: There is never a dull moment in rugby league, and certainly not this week, brought with the Panthers sacking Anthony Griffin. and uh, Obviously, a fair bit was spoken about yesterday, but to kick things off on this show, the set of six this week was basically going to be running through the players' poll and some of our thoughts on that, which we will be. But the other thing was obviously going to be this once it broke yesterday, uh, specifically put up about fan questions. If you have put something up about Griffin, Gould, Panthers... Cleary, etc. It's basically all going to be covered in this first part. So if you have put something up uh, in regards to that, we're basically going to cover it unless you have an exceptional question that's different from what we do talk about here. It won't be answered to save us a lot of time. But thoughts uh, on the whole situation and just got to say, first of all, we told you so before the season kicked off and we also banged the drum last year, early doors, and when the hiring happened that they would regret firing Ivan Cleary. So I'm getting on the front foot straight away on that, that we will right.
2: Yeah, well, we picked it. This is why I left him out of the eight. I expected him to play like this because of this issue, but to whoever's credit, I'm not sure who you can give credit to. I guess everyone can take some credit out at Penrith for the fact that they've been able to get results while this has been bubbling under the surface. Uh, but thoughts uh, thoughts are the, the timing's very strange. I don't get the timing. Well, I do get the timing, um, and I think we'll know the reason for the timing eventually, but it doesn't make any sense. Um you know the Penrith were top of the table after twelve rounds. They beat dra- the Dragons at home, a game we attended. Uh, they went into Origin. They dipped. They had some injuries. Uh, they've they've won ugly the last two weeks, but of um, I guess of serious concern has been their defence. Their defence has been of massive concern. They've leaked points against uh, two sides who I think Manly got six wins this year and five of them against top top eighteen. Manly so, can attack, regardless yeah, what So can says. Canberra, right? But. The concern for me is is how many points they're leaking, you know. And Gould said last night in an interview with Phil Rothfield, which was you know the five minute interview or a phone call or whatever it was that, you know, they're playing rubbish at the moment. I think the comment was or something along those lines. Um, so that's a concern for me. But if you read between the lines as to what's been leaked out, you know, there's been issues about the fact that Anthony Griffin wouldn't delegate to his staff. Then I've heard, well, I know for a fact that Cameron Serrato and Peter Wallace have been doing a lot of the on field coaching over the last six to eight weeks. Now, has their performance on field regressed in the last six to eight weeks? I would say yes, it has. So for me, if I'm Anthony Griffin, I'm sort of looking at that going, well, you want me to delegate? I step back, I delegated, and our results have been poorer since then for a variety of reasons, and then now I get the punt. So, look, I feel sorry for Anthony Griffin. Look, I... You know, I was at the club uh, for 18 months while he was there. I've obviously left since then um, and and now coaching at the West Tigers. So the difference between what I saw from Ivan and what I saw from Anthony Griffin, Ivan Cleary, in my eyes, was a far better coach. However, uh, I think Anthony Griffin can felt let down by Phil Gould. He can feel let down by the Panthers. I think he can feel particularly let down by his staff. And particularly let down by his players, I think um, it's been really, really ordinary what's been done to to Griffin in this situation. Particularly with how hard that Gus, in particular, has campaigned that you know you're going to stay. We're seeing it out. We're seeing it out. We're seeing it out. He's not getting sacked. He's not going anywhere.
1: And they've re-signed him after last year when they re-signed him last year again.
2: Um, And then the other side of this was the, the most concerning thing for me. Out of this was the fact that. You know, in that interview, Gus disclosed to Buzz Rothfield that there, were not, there wasn't much support for him from his staff, if any support from his staff. And from someone who works within um, a lot of team environments, uh, I, I've worked with people, you've worked with people that you don't necessarily agree with how they're doing things. But if you're a cog in a wheel and you're a member of a team, you should you should fight all the way through and people smarter than you, above you, make those decisions. Um, I think he's been undermined and, you know, that the people who have now ascended at Penrith as a result of cutting legs out from underneath people need to be very careful once the crown goes on their head because that behaviour more often than not is reciprocated. Um, so, yeah, I, to me, it's been an embarrassing week for Penrith. Um, I've, I've, been, you know, I've been a massive rapper on Penrith. I worked there for nine years. I, I love the place. I love a lot of people that work there. I want to see the place do well. I've had an involvement with a lot of players. But this has been embarrassing.
1: Well, from my point of view, I'm a neutral because I don't have any involvement at all. So I can go hammer and tongue and this is nothing from you. But everything I've got out of it, from the word go, and it's like I said, everything on here is rugby league opinion. It is not personal. I said it was wrong when they sacked Ivan Cleary. The whole thing about being tired was bullshit. Um, I think I'm right in my comments the other week, and I'm no fucking rocket scientist, or as you say, I'm not the oracle of rugby league, but I don't think I was wrong in my assessment of saying I think Gus Gould is too smart for his own good. He has the full support of the board. So people are saying on the flip side, why is there no pressure on Gus? But the board obviously backs him. And if talking of figureheads in the game or people with more rugby league knowledge than anybody else out there, probably between Gus Gould and Wayne Bennett, you couldn't find two bigger Figureheads. But in this situation, I think both times his ego has gotten the best of him in the hirings. I think with Ivan Cleary, clashes on players, style and control, he needed to step away from it. He couldn't do that. That's what ultimately got him removed. Bringing in someone like Griffin, who had already failed at the Broncos, and they were saying, oh, I like the way he operated. And when I went into Brisbane, well... It didn't work out up there, and the players didn't have a going assessment, and the references or whatever. Everyone knows that people give bullshit references and say everyone's a good bloke. They already knew, or they should have known their due diligence. So I don't buy that they thought he was the best man for the job. Or to take it a step further, well, then Ivan Cleary. To it.
2: jump on that, but Griffin, they didn't interview anyone when they appointed Anthony. No, they didn't,
1: but I know, also know from the fact that they were a bit buddy buddy, and I think he brought him in to be a yes man, which was no, exactly. No, I agree,
2: and that's why. I made happened. that point because that supports what you've just said.
1: And then on the flip side of that, I think then you just hypocritical in your own sense that you wouldn't work with somebody who was for the betterment of your club when you're not the coach. And we've said this a million times, you're either a GM or you're the coach Gus Good. I know he's involved with the football department, the salary cap and all that. And I'm sure he does a great job, but the on-field coaching side of things, you are either the coach or you are the GM. And I think they fucked up royally when they got rid of Ivan Cleary, mm. but then to bring in somebody of a lesser ability and that's no knock on him personally. But again, from what you hear, what's coming out the last few days, what happened at Brisbane with a red hot side that a year later, made the grand final with only one player change in Anthony Milford. And no offence to Anthony Milford, he's a great player, but he's not the reason they made that grand final. Um, It just seemed egotistical to get rid of somebody that may have had points of difference to bring in someone of lesser ability. And then to string it along the whole time, like everything was all good, and say, oh, our premiership window may be open now or in the next year or two. The window's been open. You fired the wrong coach, you hired someone of less ability and you've just you know kind of guided it and went smoke and mirrors the whole way.
2: Under- to me, oh, you time under- has
1: been wasted full stop. Mm-hmm. Opportunity has been wasted full stop and better results would have been there if they just would have stayed the course with the right man. And then in saying that now that he would go back, I don't know whether he would, but I would have to question all the raps I've given to Cleary from the outside looking in if he was to leave the West Tigers, regardless of his son, regardless of the money, regardless of what offer comes up here after he's Touted hashtag on the bus and gone to this club and started making all these moves and doing a really good job at West Tigers. If he would bail, mm. only you know 12, 18 months in, I'd have to compare it to the Ricky Stewart move on bailing out in Parramatta. To be honest, because mm. he went there to do a rebuild and mm. he was gone within twelve months. Yeah. If he bailed out now, I'd I can't co- I can't question his coaching, but my respect for the move and you know if that was a possibility, I don't know if it is. Uh, I'd have to seriously question. That side of things to, to leave a club after signing a three year contract only you know twelve eighteen months in
2: yeah two things on that I think Penrith have severely underestimated the value of Ivan Cleary and the ability of, coaching. of Ivan Cleary yeah so yeah. the fact that you know and I look now and I sort of think okay I can see what Gus was thinking because he he thought that Ivan had got him to a point um, and that to bring in someone who is not as uh, I guess not as analytical not as intelligent not as sh- Structure, is probably not the right word, but about- in terms of game planning, the depth in what Ivan Cleary was is coaching his team compared to what Griffin is are totally different. So Gus might have thought, look, he's got them to this point. I just need someone in now to nurse them, be disciplined, be strong, and get them through and win a premiership. He, he was them, wrong. Though. He was wrong. Yeah, no, no and he's not the same wrong. coach. Wrong. wrong. Okay. The second part of this is, I I think it's. It's ridiculous to suggest that Ivan Cleary would go back to Penrith. Firstly, he's made a commitment to the West Tigers. He's doing good work there. I can vouch for that because we're involved in, you know, the systems and things that are going on there, um, you know, and it looks – the future does look very bright there. Now, that the future there, it's not going to be built overnight. The last 12 months, a lot of good has been done. It's going to take at least another two to three years to see the fruits of that at the NRL level. But just think of it on the surface – that if someone fired you unexpectedly unexpectedly, just before you're about to bear the fruits of what you worked so hard for, in that he'd laid all that foundation, the team that runs out for Penrith every weekend is Ivan Cleary's team. It is. It's a team that was the seeds for that team were laid by Ivan Cleary in a shithouse time at Penrith. Like yeah. an unbelievably poor time at Penrith. Why the hell would he go back after being just stabbed in the not stabbed in the back, but just kicked out on his ass left with no job um you know his son's there you know he moved every, everything over from New Zealand I think it's insulting to suggest that he would even consider it I, I've got mail that he is filthy that his name's been bandied around with the Penrith job
1: I like to hope so but I still find it disturbing that he this meeting happened two weeks ago and the Tigers have been informed and they're on the front foot today saying well regardless we're not letting him go anywhere and uh, the suggestions from that meeting, obviously uh, the big sticking point that I would have had, why would he go back Why Gus is there if he's just going to meddle again? But apparently the way the board had put it to him and they're the ones that interviewed him, not Gus Gould, is that if he came back, Gus would step down from the football operation side of things and focus more on club operation, all the bits and pieces he does. And that the rest of that, that wasn't in control for him last time would be handed well, back to him. And me- obviously this is a two side, so a double-edged sword because we all know part of the reason why this is. They've realized they're fucked up. They've got rid of the wrong coach Part of that they have to put their hand up for, which, again, they're still smoking a mirror and making mm. out like this is all hunky-dory and no mistakes have been made along the pathway, which I think has been wasted time and just bullshit and a bit of ego throwing around. But this is also a ploy to keep Nathan at the club. There's no doubt about it. I
2: think it's ridiculous. Uh, it, it's, I think, to me... Penrith would be insulting the intelligence of Ivan Cleary if they actually made a made an approach. I don't know whether they've made it public that they've made an approach to Ivan. Well, but everything today was that yeah, I know Gow already that, said but,
1: that that he t- informed them Yeah, that they I'd, had a But
2: you know that that meeting could be about Nathan's future. I, I don't know. Like I, we could, if Griffin hadn't been sacked, would that meeting be talked about? No, it wouldn't. So they're drawing connections between things now because a of result of what what's happened with Anthony Griffin. But I I, I find it. I'd find it astonishing if he, if he'd walked away from the West Tigers now. Um, it's, it's a perplexing, uh, perplexing timing. I, you know, And I, Gus wouldn't make a move like this without an ace up his sleeve. So they've got one person in mind, apparently, um, and it'll be interesting to see what plays out. But yeah, as you said, um, there's never a dull moment in rugby league, is there? And, the pressure, like you alluded to in in you know your opening, I, I think the pressure is now firmly on Phil Gould. He's fired three coaches.
1: Well, he's that's had what, Corey Payne, he's the had, CEO as well. Like they've brought in other people in the well, club. He punted of, Matt Elliott.
2: He he didn't punt um, Steve George Alice because he was a interim coach. Well, the other he thing as well, Ivan, and now he's punted Anthony Griffin. We
1: already knew about the Griffin thing two years. He ago. sold
2: he well. He gave um, and he Trent, sold he, gave, he well he sold Brennan and, and sold Barrett.
1: Barrett and didn't give of them the job. And, and
2: what people forget about Trent Barrett. And the reason why I believe he won't get a gig ever again at Penrith is because he's the only coach uh, who's had the under-20s at Penrith or jersey flag at Penrith since the 80s that hasn't made the eight. They missed the eight. So a lot of people forget that. I Um, will say um, for And the following season, Penrith won. That was the staff that I was involved with. We went on and won the competition.
1: I will say one thing for Barrett. I think he's developed a lot since he's left. He's, obviously, you have to. Maybe he has. And I think the situation at Manly this year, he's done a pretty bloody good job But, I mean, do you, go considering... and, do
2: you go and grab a coach's no, unproven I'm not saying you're and then put yourself him. in a situation where two years later you're going to have to fire him as well? I'm not saying
1: you're going to hire him. That had, that'd
2: end Gus's career there at Penrith. Like, if you fire four coaches, eventually the gun's going to be pointed elsewhere. Mm. Uh, and, look, I think he's a, he's a, he's a outstanding operator. What Phil Gould's done at Penrith has been great. I don't have a knock on what he's built there. Oh. But I think you can make you can make a thousand good decisions and have it all fucked up by one, and the one fuck-up has been oh, I firing Iver Cleary. I said we've said that the whole
1: way along. Two we both weeks have. ago when we brought this up again, that everyone keeps saying if we don't win a comp, he's failed us. No, he hasn't. You guys, Penrith was done. We're mm-hmm. from there. Penrith was done. They're in debt. Yeah. That not only cleaned up, cleaned up the off-field issues and the financial side and the club wings and the money and yeah. bringing in sponsors, Centre of Excellence, Junior Pathway... Everything he has done is like undescribable for what he's done for the club. But the biggest move, and I said the same thing, I think he's too smart for his own good. Mm. He didn't trust Ivan, brought in someone who was a yes man. That's got, I don't care what anyone says. You can have enough talent, which is why I put them in the eight, but you need the right coaching to get the last little bit out of it to be able to get yourself to win a premiership. Yeah. And there's no flukes, regardless of what anyone thinks, with Craig Bellamy winning comps, Michael Maguire taking those few years to build up at South, Seabow doing a good job this year. There's one thing to have talent you still need to coach guys at that level, regardless of what you think. The Sea
2: has got a long... I get that, like that, but I'm
1: just saying, it, it's not easy to win a comp, regardless of what no. anyone thinks, or salary caps, sombreros, or third parties, regardless, you still need the right man to bring it all together. Put anyone in right now at the Roosters. Give Jason Taylor that job, no offence to him, Stephen Kearney, anyone else I think that's out there, they're not winning a comp, like Trent Robinson did no. in 2013. Trent Robinson is the right person for that club, for that culture, for that group. It still takes the right head of a club Regardless of the amount of talent or, to get a premiership.
2: Or shoot. gun players or both.
1: Yeah. Um, you need what yeah, we need. Well, a let's look
2: at let's you know, obviously Cameron ceraldo has been appointed as the interim coach, the caretaker coach, whatever you want to call it, for the yeah. rest of the year. Um it's yeah, it's like I, I don't I don't think he's got a chance of getting the job full time because Gus has come out and said he wants someone within our experience, so that rules out anyone on on the staff currently.
1: Yeah, well, they'd be back. Which looking... I think
2: now for Siro's Zero. going to go, well, I've got a good side because uh, they are a good side. Mm. Um, I've now got you know, this next four weeks uh, to head into the finals. I've got the final series to try and sell myself as a coach somewhere else because he's got a good reputation, no doubt about that. He's won a, he's won a 20s comp. He's won uh, – he, well, he made a grand final. He's now been on the NRL staff. I think this is his second season on the NRL staff. He's built a good reputation enough that if he goes in and does a good job with this side, he's going to, he's probably going to end up in a first grade gig somewhere else. Would you agree with that? However,
1: I reckon if anything, if he's, he's got, not going to get he's not going to get the gig at Penrith if he's got such a big rap and they like him and clearly Gus does and they're going to keep him around. I'm got more of the opinion that he'll assist somebody else who's more willing to delegate like they are complaining that Griffin didn't. They're saying that Griffin was too old school didn't let everyone else in, didn't delegate any work and saying that the modern game, which we do know no. somewhat, does require your assistants taking a solid part in things. And I think Anthony Seabold summed that up the other week in saying that one assistant will do review and yeah, attack and something like this. Yeah,
2: it depends where you are. It yeah. depends what the structure is. But for me, um, he's got to be shooting to get a job somewhere else. For me, I, I believe the gig, the job will go to either Wayne Bennett or will go to Michael McGuire. I'm not sure which one yeah but i if if anyone else gets the gig at penrith, I'd be very very surprised now I also see this as a, a, a not a last ditch but i think I don't think Phil good wants to be working at the panthers like i look i i think he's closer to the end than he is to the start at his time at the Panthers. would you agree with that
1: hundred percent yeah you so can't i think forever.
2: i think this is um i think this is last roll of the dice in terms of hey um, this is the coach that's got to win a premiership. I think they can identify the fact that, you know, the window's open. The window's definitely open. So they've got to win one. But the next year or They're two, got to win we one. all know. They need the right coach.
1: I've looked at the off-contracts for the next year or two. They're going to be under some serious pressure after next season to keep that side together. And I know they've won the 18s. 20s coming first. But again, those guys coming into grade won't happen overnight again. They'll be like, Fisher Harris and the guys before him. It takes a season or two to become a first grader. And by the time those guys build up again, you'll be ushering other guys out the door, et cetera. So the time is now. Mm. I don't know. I don't think it'll happen this year, but next year in particular, the higher they make is critical. And we'll, we'll finish off going the, the through. Other, the
2: other thing I just want to say that I think it's been poor from people in the media who have come out and shitbagged Anthony Griffin in the last 24 hours.
1: Oh, there's been plenty of people slaving. I think
2: if you want to if you want to say that, if you want to come out and say that, Say it while he's still got a gig.
1: Well, how how long do we going about the coaching?
2: Jamie Soward like came out yesterday and just fried him. Yeah. Um, ben Hannett fried him last night on 100 percent footy. If you're if you're going to have an opinion and be respected, surely you should have the balls to say it while he's Why still got a job. job. I, I just think I think that's really really poor character. I think it's really really low. Um, and you know I, I I don't take that back at all. No, I, I think it's I think it was really really poor how he was just kicked yesterday while he was down I don't think he's done anything to disrespect anyone no you know whether, whether you disagree with his, with his yeah, t- methods and, you know, look, working I, with people as and... I said I've seen what Ivan's done I've seen what Griffin do- has yeah. done and I like different operators I, I you know much prefer Ivan that's no slag on Anthony Griffin I've no. never met the bloke I didn't meet the bloke while he was at the club I never had a conversation with him no. so I don't know him but f- from what I've seen he's given he's never ever kicked anyone else while they're down so I just think it's really really poor um, and it, it just lays back into you know. It even got me thinking in the last twenty four hours, like why would you want to get into coaching? Like as an aspiring coach, just yeah, you look at it and you go, you know, there's some good, there's some Snakes good times, but there's just a lot of there's Snakes a lot of bad ladders. times and a lot of people that are out to snipe you and yeah. Anthony Griffin. There, he's he's probably been a victim um, of his own, not his own well, kindness. But
1: I'm happy to say what you said before. It was never ever personal, but I was I hammered the signing. I have him the whole way along, as did you do. We have it the whole time. He blunted the attack. I yeah. think he's too basic but we, a coach. But
2: we said it from day-dive. We've been all we over. Job. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it's never been again. Personal. Everything we do is rugby league related. There was enough from Brisbane with a gun 20 side that pushed through, everything that was there, the club, best juniors, salary cap, third parties for him to succeed over his time there. He didn't do it. There's no way you bring in somebody like that, and you can't even compare fucking resumes, which annoys me that people go, oh, he's qualified. Or Gus's comments last night to me were bullshit. Uh, due diligence and this and that in his background, we like the way he operated. Ivan had taken the Warriors to a grand final, a team that no one could tame, rebuilt the junior paths. Three out of the last four 20s competitions put the right people in place with a man like Ackland, John Ackland, who did an outstanding job. Being the coach of the NRL side is also nurturing the pathway right on the way through. He redid that at Penrith, got knife like you said, I think, at the right period where it was ready to rock and roll. Didn't get the chance to see that through. And now he's at that point again with the Tigers where he's starting to turn things down and trying to help build a junior path that's basically non-existent right now. It's not ready to rock and roll just yet, but he's done some smart recruitment as we found from England, New South Wales Cup and the like, and maybe spent a little bit top heavy, but he's had to get that top heavy in and then make up for it with some smart buys at the bottom like your Corey Thompsons, your Maher, et cetera, to balance it for a couple of years while you try and bear some fruit that doesn't currently exist. Mm. Um, but I... I can't rule out the fact that he wouldn't go back there, but I'd be really disappointed if he did. That's probably what I'll finish on. But yeah. the coaching possibilities, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because a lot of them I think, are think people are just drumming it up and eating it up because it is media stuff. But Des Hasler, that's a big no. no. That's not happening. Anyone that brought up salary, like I think it's been proven. He needs to have a complete rethink of the way he coaches full stop and he'll never be allowed to handle a salary cap again. No. Jeff Toovey definitely a no. no. I don't care what anyone says there. Good on him for the job he did at Manly, but I think it was proved with the players and the whole setup he wasn't helped at Manly by the board and the split and the battles that were going on. But I don't think he's an NRL level coach. A Holbrook is probably the best rookie coach that's out there, and he's had uh, a good year in St Helens. But he said not, an yeah, that's course. what I'm going to say. They're not going to hire someone like that who's well, no experience. He's gone.
2: Then uh, it's a massive chance. Barrett,
1: he's taken out. Demetri out the Broncos again. Rookie coach gone. Cartwright, there's no way he's no getting chance. the job. So that leaves us with three names and the two main ones because. Ivan, I think's probably Ivan 70, 30, is, 80, 20.
2: Ivan is a 1 and 99.
1: So there you go. But Bennett and Maguire are your two names. For longevity, and I said this in the preseason, if they had this issue, and this is the thing that shits me now, I, I think they've basically fired him now because how would the PR look if he wins the comp makes a prelim and you sack him? I think this is not only going on about the camp and the culture and the way things are going, I think this is also a bailout point going, hold on a minute, if this guy gets us to a prelim or to the grand final somehow, how do we look sacking this guy? Because we know what's going to happen. It should happen in the off-season. But I stick by my words that they should have fucking pulled the trigger in the pre-season, got in a guy like Michael Maguire, who didn't win that comp for a fluke at South. I'm sure he's learned some of the error of his ways by not making some slight adjustments. Uh, He had a strong record over there. He won a comp for a reason. He's disciplined. He's from the Melbourne system. You want to talk defense, Michael Maguire would bring that. And I'm sure he's looked at attack in his time out and gone, you know what, I need to make some changes.
2: In the last 20 years, who's won multiple premierships at a club?
1: Craig Bellamy and Wayne Bennett.
2: Yep. and um, Hasler at Manly, right? And you wouldn't touch so, him, though. No, that's we- what I'm saying. But what, I, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that it's very, very rare that a coach comes in, wins a comp, and then wins another one. Yeah.
1: And from the situation of Bennett, I can see a short-term solution if they think Seraldo is their future, in the sense that he would bridge it for a year or two have the ability, as we know, man manager with these young guys, which apparently didn't feel the love from Anthony Griffin, which again I think is overused that they don't support the coach the play, or there's not the enough plays ball.
2: Are, The players have also got to take They've some responsibility. Down, 100%. 100%. That's dog shit. How much, how much pull they have, you know? It should be listen, we're we're selecting the coach. We're down there watching. Mm. We know we know who's the coach. Play, yeah. Because what'll 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 really roll Anthony Griffin up is if they come out this weekend and, and just
1: yeah just smoke the tines. Yeah. And again, the credit will go to the assistants and they're doing a great job and they're ready to rock and roll. But, yeah. you know, they're the, they're the two options for me and I think you'd probably agree. Michael McGuire, for me, is well, what I'd it, be after. Long term. He didn't win that comp by mistake, uh, by fluke. He's learnt, he's done an apprenticeship. I'm sure he'd learned that he needs to be a little less stubborn and he wore out those plays a little bit near the end. With the Penrith attack, to be quite honest, you don't need to give a whole lot of coaching. There's not, enough natural ability there with points. Like, you're, you're the coach more so than me. They don't need a lot of coaching with their attack. No. With that side... Offload the football, push it up the middle. Well, they need the to be middle, coached like, to
2: simplify and just play off offload, play, play well, off quick play. How have
1: they won these games coming back by yeah. playing football, eyes up football, just creating quick play the balls and rucks off second phase yeah. and spread the. It's natural football. It's not structured. Yeah. Uh, if you want it, the short term gap, and they like Geraldo as much as they keep all praising and saying they do, and Peter Wallace in his short space of time, if they could get Bennett, and I'd find it hard given that I'm not saying Gus has taken shots, but he's been pretty blunt in his assessment or comments about him and the Brisbane situation and being moved on, etc. If you want to bring in somebody to, you know, delegate and do all the things they reckon Griffin didn't do, well, Bennett's the master at that. But he usually brings his own entourage. Yeah. I know he's not in the situation to probably tell Peniff what he wants at this point in time. Uh, but I also see that they could possibly butt heads. But for a gr- group of young guys and to teach a couple of young assistants if they think that Wallace or Seraldo would be taking that job in a year or two. Wallace was coached for five minutes. Yeah, I know. Bennett would be that guy, but for me, it'd be Michael Maguire. If of all its options, if they can't get Ivan and there's Bennett and Maguire, Maguire would be the one I'd be looking.
2: The other for. one also is the 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 review. Remember, you know, a month ago it was,
1: oh, we're having a no, mid-season review, year. and
2: you know, well oh, we do these every year. All Tell year. me the
1: last coach that survived any sort of review. Just own it. That's all we've got. One of all year. Just own Christ. it. Yeah, We banged the drum since the start was about high. There's higher. been a
2: lot of lies come out of Penrith. A That's lot of lies. How do, you, how do you ever believe anything that comes
1: out of that joint again? You know the worst part about it, though, and I bring this it up. It comes
2: back to the. Well, we were talking about it off air, the Matt Moylan situation as well. Like, there was not going anywhere. He's our captain, yada yeah. yada.
1: Then he's gone. Bryce, Bryce Cartwright,
2: he I'm won't support go anywhere. He's he gone. He's gone. Come on.
1: All I can say in the end, though, the sad thing is in a couple of days, we'll forget about this. Or if they win on the weekend, we'll move on. Anthony Griffin will be wiped. There'll be a new coach in no time, and everyone will just water off the Dutch bat, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but, yeah, if that doesn't answer all the questions that people are going to ask, I don't know what will. But, yeah, we'll roll through them. That number one thing, though, like I said, if you're going to hire somebody right now, for me, it's Michael Maguire. That was our set of six. Yep, Michael Maguire. Um,
2: I'd hire Wayne Bennett.
1: You'd hire Wayne Bennett. There you go. So, they're the our main two candidates for different reasons. Uh, but, yeah, to finish the set of six, we're going to go for the player pile. We'll be short and sharp here. What I don't get with this, and I know the players aren't happy, apparently they voted on some things that weren't popular by the NRL, so they removed them off the online. Poll. So a lot of the players are uh, apparently saying now, next year, we, we just won't bother with a player poll if you're not going to voice our opinion. Fair this enough. is the one chance yep. we get. But the other thing I don't get, they did this before origin. So I'm looking at some of these the other day going, what the fuck's the point of doing this before origin? Right, with, on, let's go. Let's when see. the year's not halfway through. So the best coach in the NRL. Bellamy. Craig Bellamy's 48%. Yep. Ivan Cleary, number two at 17%. And the reason a lot of people have said for this is probably because he's been at a couple of clubs, but that probably speaks to what players think of him. Right. But yep. He's got second. We're unanimous on Bellamy, surely. You don't need to talk about that yep. one. Best fullback in the comp, it is Billy Slater, 60%. They've got Ponga and Shek basically even on 10-11. Trubovic, Tedesco at five. If Billy retires this year, forget about the 60%. I think he's your best fullback in the comp. Who would be your next pick? Do you think it's Ponga, Shek, Trebojevic, Tedesco? Uh,
2: well, I'm I'd am more say, looking. i like, say Tedesco.
1: You'd say Tedesco? Yeah. I think no, on, no, on his best day for me, and I think he's played some of that football this year, I'd say Sheck. Yeah. And I, a I, all of, it's a great group. But between
2: yeah. uh, Sheck and Tedesco, um, I'm splitting hairs. And then between Ponga and Trebojevic, they're the best two up and coming. Yeah. Still a little bit to go, but...
1: Best five out in the game, and I don't agree with this one. Maloney got the majority of the votes. How much did he get? He got 36%. 20 to Gareth Widop, 13 to Munster. Blake Green finally getting some respect mm. from his own peers. 11 and Milford at 9.
2: I'd have Munster as mine.
1: Looking at what's there, Maloney, for me, still gives away more points and missed tackles and tries. How many I mean?
2: missed tackles did he have on
1: the weekend? 12, and he's he let all of the tries come down that edge, base. He
2: might be the best attacking. For, well, even I don't even think he's the best the attacking. The try assist
1: probably. was a forward pass, and the one he scored doesn't make up for the three let in. Yeah, well, let's
2: not slam For me, player, no, but... I'm just
1: saying, he's a good player, but defensively, compared mm. to those other two, between Woodoff and Munster, I'd be picking one of those two. Yeah, and
2: you're thinking that if Michael Morgan was, wasn't injured, would he be the number well, one? after
1: yeah. last year. Yeah. Best halfback in the game, they've still voted for JT, again. I've wiped that because he's not going to be around next no. year. Ben Hunt got the next best part of it, and then there was a tie between Cleary, Johnson, and Cronk just under that.
2: The best halfback in the game is still Cooper Cronk.
1: You think it's still Cooper?
2: Look how look how well the Roosters are going, and he hasn't really played good footy yet. If you're talking like, what are we looking for here? What's the criteria? If well, you're looking looking at how a player kicks and pushes his side around and talks and organizes, Cooper Cronk's the best mm-hmm. organizer in the comp by mile.
1: Well, again, sometimes with the players, obviously saying who they think they tend to favour people. So a lot of people I think
2: Cooper Cronk's gone from being overrated in my eyes to now being severely underrated at the Roosters. A lot of people are sort of kicking him a little bit. I, I think I, don't, I think he was probably put on a pedestal with um, be, uh, with, with Slater and Smith, and I don't, I don't think he was quite up to that standard. But I, I definitely think he's an elite player.
1: Mm. Best hooker in the game is a no-brainer. Yeah. It's Cameron Smith. Smith. But in this poll, Cook's got to be seven. Cook's seven. number. If, if you were redoing this now and Smith was retiring tomorrow, Cook's now unanimously the best hooker oh, in the competition. see what he did at Melbourne on Friday night. Jesus Christ. Who best player in the competition. They've got Smith. Thurston's still number two, which, again, I don't agree with the way he's played this year. This is why I look at this and kind of say, you know, they they vote for... Past doings. If we're voting on current season, Smith, same thing. Cook, Munster, I think some of the guys, the way they've played this year, JT wouldn't even be in the top five that are What playing. I just said
2: about people slagging coaches after they've been sacked, they'll do the same when, when Thurston retires. I'll say, oh, he should have retired a year earlier. And, you know, once, once he's gone and he's had his swan song and we've done the right thing by him, then everyone will have an honest opinion.
1: Yep. Best winger in the game. I don't agree with this and he plays for my team. Uh, Josh Adokar won that vote with the players. Mm. To me, the best winger in the game is Jordan Rapana because I think Jordan Rapana's all-around skill set is absolutely ridiculous. Are
2: we talking on four?
1: Oh, well, like if talking? I had to
2: pick one right now, yeah. I'd probably go Oates.
1: You go Oates. Well, mm. I, I wouldn't have him in my top five, probably, to be honest.
2: There you go. I like Oates.
1: I like Fussy 2. i got number two. He gets plenty of respect. I do like him. But I still think yardage work.
2: Depends what you want. Finishing like yardage tackle breaks, work.
1: offloads, and just overall effect on a game. I think Jordan Rapana from the wing has a massive effect on the game. Mm. Not saying Car doesn't. I'd happily leave him second or third. Uh, but best winger, I think Jordan Rapana, if you're going to give me one in the corner. I mean, if right I now. could
2: pick one one player to be on a wing for me, I, I'd like Oates. And I'd probably like Holmes on the other other edge because they're both... Holmes is an outstanding finisher, uh, and Oates is just super in yardage.
1: Best center in the game. And again, this proves that it was done Luttrell before Origins. Will Chambers is the biggest percentage. English next. Latrell only got 11 Mitchell
2: should be 90%. Of no, right.
1: so, if you're yeah. doing it post-Origin, which should. Josh Dugan, please. He is easily the best center in the game right now, Latrell Mitchell. Best middle forward in the game. Everyone voted for Tal On this not? season, I would say it's Sam. I would and say Sam Jake by a mile. Well, he's got a piece of the vote here. I'd vote for Sam if we are voting off the current form this see, year. I don't think
2: Sam's even hit top form this year. I think he's, I think little, he's been good. Really I think you've just... I'm not saying he's bad. Mm. I'm just saying I think he's got more se- more to go to hit his ceiling.
1: Best edge forward according to the players. Because I agree I agree f- with this one. Yeah. It is Frizzell. The one that's a bit lower down for me, and again, sound biased or not. Tahoe Harris, to me, is severely underrated. <laughs> yeah, he not a all. As is Wade Graham. When yeah, they're on.
2: They've both been injured. But
1: to Gillette to get part of this vote when he's barely played, and I still think he's a real grinder and more of a middle 13 kind of player than he is an edge. He's a grafter. Uh, he's a grafter. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. So they have the all-team and hardest player to tackle, <sighs> Tamalolo. Really? I think, again, this doesn't have Latrell Mitchell a bunch of guys. I don't know why they've done Has anyone division.
2: been able to tackle Callum Ponga one-on-one?
1: Yeah, so he only got 5%. Sheck.
2: Has anyone been able, to, uh, able to tackle uh, Latrell Mitchell five yeah. minutes ago? Seven months to break tackles left front centre.
1: There's four or five guys not on this list. Yeah. Depends what you're looking at. Best young player under 22, Callum Ponga, almost got 50% of the vote. Yeah, Ponga and Cleary, yeah. yeah. And they've got Tom, Latrell, Valentine. I think Luttrell would get a bigger piece of that vote again post Origin. Yeah. Hardest hitter in the NRL, they think Dylan Napa, Burgess, Fisher Harris, DeBellin, Sims. Uh, I think Wade Graham missing that list, or Radley
2: I think um, getting a
1: vote. Tarek Sims. Sims has got a bit of a percentage there. I think they're all hard hitters. I think Sam, when he gets somebody, gets them some good. Sam can nail some people. Yeah. Are they happy with a seven tackle set? Surprisingly, more than 50% of the players like the seven tackle or set. They're clowns. That really surprises me. Draws, how they should be decided. Uh, the players are split on that one. The majority said golden point still. Yeah,
2: because they're dumb. And they don't know extra, what the other Extra time,
1: is. 30%. Draw was lower, and golden try was the smallest percentage of all. If you had to leave your club to sign with another team, no surprise with the top three arts, the Power Clubs, the Broncos, the Storm and the Roosters. Yeah, the money. Titans are at fourth. You know why? Payday and the beach. And we've seen plenty of players do it in recent times, haven't we? No, oh, yeah. You're a fan of the club, but you'd agree with me. We've
2: got a super side.
1: Mm. Suburban ground, they love playing out. Leichhardt obviously gets the biggest piece of that vote. I don't think that's any surprise. This one a lot of people were surprised about the other day. I can tell you from being involved in teams and you would as well. The favourite time slot to play, the players voted for Friday 6pm. And i tell you why. Because they're all wins that they want to get on the soup and have a weekend themselves. No one likes Sunday or Monday night football. So they the earlier they play, the better for them, according to them. Well, in the end, you're getting paid the money because of the fans. The, exactly. the
2: time slot should be for the fans, not the players. Your
1: wages are supplied by the fans in the TV deal. Uh, does the nines have a place in the calendar? The players yeah. say yes, 75%. Would they like to see expansion? The number one vote was for Perth, but just behind was Brisbane. I think that's pretty straightforward. Would you like to see a comp game played in the US? Almost ninety percent said yes, and I oh, think the players, of course, they yeah, don't want to they junk get it. a free trip. 100%. Uh, but yeah, just some of those. I guess the player positions I didn't agree with a lot. I think some of them are just you know fanboy votes for some guys. So yeah. a lot of people going on at the player poll this week, and I've seen people voting and saying if you could sign this guy, or that guy uh, for five years, or this and that.
2: All those hypotheticals, um,
1: I don't like. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff there that I just kind of looked at and was like, well.
2: Let that be the last of the players' poll
1: that we talk about. Yeah, well, if they're going to take out uh, bits and pieces that they spoke about, though, the NRL, because they don't like it, you're not going to get a players' poll next year. So I'll be interested to see how that plays down. But there you go. We've addressed the Penner situation, the players' poll, but massive news to do this four weeks out from the competition finals. So we'll move on now to our power rankings brought to you by the Penner Solar Centre. Do you know what hurts more than your team going down in an alebiter? It's getting slapped with a huge bill and then biting your nails, trying to pay it. Take back the power from the electricity companies and generate it yourself. The team at Penrith Solar Centre are dedicated to providing with the highest quality solar energy experience to make you and your family the big winners. Contact Penrith Solar Centre today on eighteen hundred twenty twenty nine thirty 20 to discuss how they can make it the real winners this season. Get on to Jake and the boys there. And mention the podcast, www.penrithsolar.com.au. Number one, Brock, in your power rankings.
2: Number one would be South the Sydney. South Sydney Rapporteurs.
1: Agree with that. And I think number two is no surprise and they're going to play each other this weekend is the Sydney Roosters yeah, for me. Roosters. Number three, who have you got? Storm. I've got the Storm still there. I think uh, the Smith thing could be a massive factor this weekend. If he's not playing against the Sharks, I think the Sharks get him down in Melbourne. Number four.
2: You go first. You tell me.
1: Well, I did these the other night, and I've done arrows all over the joint, and I've gone off the fact of where they are on the ladder now and just what I think they can do. I'm putting Penrith back at four, and I know that might surprise some people. But on the day, uh, I think the whole cop-out situation yesterday is bullshit but talent-wise if they get it right I still think they're one of the better teams in the comp yeah I've
2: got the Dragons at four
1: I've dropped the Dragons down to five I think losing Vaughan is massive I think the Ford pack's struggling you've watched DeBellin on the weekend he's not healthy they're not getting enough out of the bench and their halves are struggling they need to find something they need to find it real soon but they couldn't afford to lose uh, a prop at one of those origin forwards because their bench is already struggling enough so yeah, uh, they might drop further in the coming weeks. I think they are a big well, possibility of getting upset by a few of the teams. I think Parramatta a big chance this weekend. Yeah, I agree. Really but
2: do. the Warriors scored eighteen points while they had a man in the Simbin. I so. know, I know. And um, I think they'll come good, but I could be wrong. Uh, fifth, I've got Penrith. Yep, yeah, just because I think they're the they're the side in the bottom four that I look at, and I think they've got the most upside just ahead of um, the team who I've got at six.
1: Yep, number six. I've got the Warriors. I've got the Warriors also, and I've said it before. Regardless of what anyone thinks in their results, when everyone's on deck and that spine's there, they look a lot better. Yeah, uh, Harris is still to come back into the side, missed again on the weekend. I thought Lassone, to me, is part of their best bench, along with Afoa. He's now getting suspended this week, so yeah. he's back out of the side. But if that spine's healthy in the majority of the packs there, I think they're a good side. Number seven.
2: Broadcast.
1: Well, I've... Swapped it, even though Cronulla have lost a couple. I think they had their best start on the weekend. The Broncos. I know that, but the Warriors beat the Broncos, and Penner got smashed by the Broncos just on pure ability to win the competition. I've still got Cronulla at seven, even though I think they've blown two games in a row. Look,
2: we're splitting hairs. Like, I've got obviously got Cronulla at eight. Um, Broncos and Cronulla, they're classics for beating teams at the top, but they're just coughing up games that they shouldn't lose.
1: And realistically, I know that they beat them the other week with a penalty goal and they lost again, but the fact that the Broncos turn up with zero effort and energy and I got towed up by a dog side full of kids was disgusting. So I've put them back at Well, and the
2: Sharks, really, to concede that. Like, their form is as concerning as Penrith to me for them to leak 33 points or whatever it was at home on a sunny track like they're they're renowned for not conceding oh, grinding. any more than Just grinding. you know 16 to 18 points at home they they conceded almost double that
1: they're seeming to head the other way now that they've got all their pieces back that their attacks getting a lot but much better but the focus and the energy's gone out of their defence and they're losing a bit of their edge there which is you know not what we've renowned the sharks for they've been more renowned for if it's a too dry game and it comes down to a field goal, a penalty goal, or a scrap, they're going to just drag you into a shit fight, yeah. beat the hell out of you and make sure they come out with the two points. But uh, they need to get back to a little bit more of their gritty edge and less of the attack, I think. But there you go. There's the power rankings. We'll jump into the game reviews from the weekend. <laughs> Brought to you by Nepean Boltmaster, www.nepbolt.com.au. Nepean Boltmaster is your complete fastening system supply with their main office at Penrith, covering more than 1,500 square metres in a second branch at Seven Hills with over 300 Square meters of warehouse. They boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products, not only in the region, but throughout the state. There's a lot more to the Bolt Master, though, than just fasteners. You'll also find industrial and engineering products, abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting materials, handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints, and general hardware items. Better than Bunnings Boxhead. The PM Boltmaster provides total needs sourcing packages for all trades associated with construction, engineering, and associated industry segments. So if you're a tradesman like myself, you can get all your tools, bits and bobs, nuts, bolts, and everything from... Nepean Boltmaster, contact was in the boys there. www.nepbolt.com.au First game, doesn't need much explanation. Dogs 36-22 over the Broncos. The dogs were ruthless. The energy is high. Said it a couple of weeks ago. It's funny what happens when all the expectation, structure, and pressure goes out the window and guys just get the opportunity to play first grade. They are doing all the simple things that you want to see week to week from football players and it's the reason you get the grade. Good defense, good intent, good energy, just playing football. They played eyes-up football, they bashed the Broncos. They absolutely swamped them. The Broncos had no push in numbers. They were one out all night. They looked flat in defense, and uh, they just gave it to them, plain and simple. They yeah. really did just stick it to them for 80 minutes. All credit to the
2: Bulldogs. Yep. Uh, the Broncos were well off the pace and will need to be much better.
1: Yeah, they need to find something, and they need to find it real soon. Uh, they gave up on the Azarko experiment very quickly, and I don't think you know they can say that it was his fault that the attack stemmed. I thought late in the game the Bulldogs flatten out a bit just because they've got a lot of guys that are still playing early days of their first grade and they've got some garbage time points so uh, a lot of people are going oh they look better when Boyd went back there I still think Azarko is your long term answer there yeah. but they've made some severe changes this weekend the Broncos we'll talk about that later on when we do our tips but yeah Three changes in that lineup, But Josh Jackson on those edges, he looked great. Michael Leesha with the shackles off, I thought he probed and looked really nice.
2: But it's easy for them to play well now. Exactly, that's what I'm getting
1: at. When there's no pressure and the people are gone and the salary cap situation, they're just able to come out and play footy each week. And a lot of these kids are probably getting blooded at the best possible time because of the low expectation. But Lachlan Lewis, I've got to say, I didn't have huge wraps. I thought he was a solid footballer, but I didn't see enough in 20s and cup to think that he was going to be a great first grader. But since he's gone in, he's grown another leg. Uh, and the biggest rap I can give to a young half is when you get targeted defensively. He just whacked Pangaei Jr. a lot the other night and didn't let him get a bar of him. And I think, by the looks of it, on the surface, I think Pangaei Jr. got hooked. And he's been dropped to the reserves this week. So I don't think yeah, Wayne... his
2: form's been pretty ordinary
1: the they've, last two weeks. They've got to put a cord arms to guys like Maguire, who got suspended for another grub act, pulling hair, stepping on ankles. He's done all of it, but yeah. he finally got picked up for yanking Elliot's hair. McCulloch, Maguire, et cetera, some of these older guys... Boy, someone needs to stand up and stand up quick, because this young brigade, uh, you know, week to week things kind of change, and that's another reason we we can't really put a lot of faith in them. But one of their senior players has got to leave in the front, because yeah, otherwise they're really. going to be out week one.
2: Yep,
1: yeah. uh, Hopawado, Jackson, Martin, Elliott, etc. It was just a great effort all around by the Bulldogs. Newcastle versus the Tigers, twenty-five to sixteen. This one, the Tigers get away with it. Uh, a hard game. It was scrappy. But, you know, there's slim hope of finals football lives on depending on results. It's going to take a lot of results. But I guess the biggest thing I took out of this is that when Brooks is the focal point of the attack and I thought he took back control of that the other night, he's an exceptional footballer. He ran well, dictated the pace. He's forced dropouts this year and just everything about his game. I think he's grown And moving forward for them, I said it last week. I don't know what the situation with Reynolds is. I understood the signing at the time for a culture movement to try and bring a young group together. But moving forward, if they can get Nathan and Ivan's going to be there... I think him and Brooks are a great pairing. I think temperament-wise and the personality of the two and the way that Brooks plays his football and the way Nathan plays his football, I think that'd be a great combo. I really do.
2: Yeah, look, they they did enough to win. Newcastle, they know their finals hopes are are gone. So at the back end of games, you just question whether they've got that little bit extra, which the Tigers were able to find. But uh, look, the Tigers weren't impressive. No. But they got the job done to keep their season alive. But... You know, when you say season alive, it's yeah. And by a feather.
1: Still have to acknowledge. I think Benji played after his grandfather died. He'd flown to New Zealand and yeah, back. He had to play the whole second half injured. Yeah. Corey Thompson's now out for the rest of the season. He played the second half busted as well. So I think a few guys did well to hold on and get through that game. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, Totally agree. But it was, it was just ugly. one of those
2: games. Like, There's a lot of these games now where you're just like yeah, pff, meaningless games.
1: Yep. Not complaining. Uh, Brooks, to me, again, the standout uh, for the Tigers side of things.
2: But needed to be standout you know, the week before, in a game where they, they needed to win. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So well,
1: I also think we I, go back I, you to... Need,
2: you talk about consistency, and that's the yeah. reason why these teams aren't in the 80s, because they haven't got consistency he's, out of their key players. He's not
1: without blame, but the week before... I'm not blaming him, I I'm thought, just saying no, that. I get that. He's got to be good every week. He's not without blame, but I thought last week, Robbie Farr inside 20 went back to old school well, origin Well, everyone days,
2: wanted Robbie back, and that's what he, well, that's what that's he's
1: played well, like one yeah. out of four or five games. I don't think you can Stoff say he's in attack, bad, of, but, I think. Yeah, Watson... Didn't play the other night. That obviously hurt. Pearce went off by halftime, so things were very, very hard for Newcastle. A lot on Ponga's shoulders. Uh, it's been a hard year to finish up. And again, and I've said it a few times, but if you put Pearce and Ponga in there for the whole season, they don't get injuries. I still think they were a real chance for that bottom half of the eight. But what could have been now, it's uh, it's done. Yeah. So Newcastle move on. South versus Storm. Awesome first half of football. 30-16, South won this one. This game ebbed and flowed, and I was really, really enjoying it. Uh, I thought that South looked like they had the better of things. The three Burgesses absolutely dominated to the middle, and Melbourne did well to defend their line, which is some of their bread and butter, but the momentum they generated, Cook getting out and probing. Cody Walker the other night showed a lot more composure than usual. Some of his past selection was outstanding, and I thought they really exposed Melbourne's middle, and I thought they also got at their right-edge defense, their left-hand attack, and, and pulled their pants down a few times.
2: Melbourne showed me everything that I thought they were this year. I think they're well under where they have been in years gone by in terms of their output, offensive output in particular. But they are the hardest uh, and graftiest side in the competition. They'll just I I personally think South would have put fifty on most yeah, sides they in would've. that game. So especially that's the gonna keep half. Melbourne in in this comp, but it just highlights that, you know, when Melbourne get possession in good ball areas, they're not as oh, how do you say it? They're not as efficient as what they were no. in good sides. They're and always dangerous. also their middle isn't as good, particularly at South. So well, last year, like their middle, Melbourne's middle just blew sides away last year. So yeah, um, yeah. Look, it, it cemented South in there, and that's you know. Well, there's I, I I like South. I think you know they look they look ominous, but I still put Melbourne in the picture. The thing is also that Craig Bellamy will go away. He won't get beaten like that again. And I sent sent this to you in a text. Like it's all good. To, all good to win this game. Yeah. But Bellamy's going to go away and he's going to make adjustments and he's going to be, be better. And next time they play, they're going to have to come with you know improvements and variations on what they threw at Melbourne the other night.
1: Well, I still think it's understated full stop that they've come into this year without... Uh... Halfback who's been there for over a decade, who's an international. They lost an international back row, replaced him with a 34-year-old. Who's I don't got think no it has worth. been
2: understated. They've I...
1: got a bloke playing at seven who's not a seven. They tried a kid out who was a bit overwhelmed. They've had a steady bloke in Jackson. Now they've got a fullback slash six in Hughes. Like, mm. For Melbourne to be top of the comp or thereabouts, given the changes in the yeah, plays I that went out, that. Craig Bellamy, to me, is still the Messiah. Great. He's a gun. Yeah. But I think the big thing that was highlighted second half, like you said... Well, compare
2: compare um, Melbourne's roster to Penrith's roster, and then you can make a coaching comparison. Oh, there you go. Big time. You
1: know, give Melbourne oh, some of those young forwards and that whole setup to create. They've been the comp, dear God, yeah. Uh, but second half just spoke volumes. No seven kick options were poor. They couldn't get out of yardage. Smith got caught with it twice on fifth and last because it's up to him to take a lot of responsibility, and they couldn't get out of yardage. Yeah, they but just I also couldn't. just
2: saw their middle forwards were standing in his way, and they weren't pushing through and.
1: Because I was getting bashed.
2: There was just some no, just lazy things, controllable things, and it was melbourne like in some some aspects. But South blew the doors off them. Cook yep. ran a mark, uh, and you know the, the scoreline probably uh, scoreline probably flattered Melbourne. But yeah. it's just a credit to their toughness and their ability to just defend.
1: Well, for a hooker to run for hundred ninety meters in a game mm. is exceptional. Three Burgeye five hundred plus, and I thought Campbell Graham.
2: Campbell Graham Jam was probably defense. man of the match.
1: Edge defense was exceptional. When we talk about inside shoulder, go back and watch that game. The decisions he made the other night, that's inside shoulder defense. He Ricky shut down Stewart, everything.
2: Ricky Stewart should be showing that defense to Canberra.
1: You really should. Dragons-Warriors. Uh, this was a rubbish game. Just a poor day for the Dragons and things are going backwards real fast. They lose Vaughn within 10 minutes of the game. They look very flat. The Warriors turned up with a little bit of energy. And then when Dufty got bin later on, they just ran a amok. Well, they for,
2: leaked three tries, yeah. You know,
1: that period of time there. and. lead is a hard task to come back from, but the second half, they've got no excuses. I thought they had the majority of the football. They had better share. The Warriors did really well to defend their line, and I just kind of look at this side of things in the end. I think Ben Hunt and Gareth Woodhop aren't playing as good at football. I think they go way too sideways. You know, they were trying to set up too much again, too much premeditated bullshit, and chances went begging, and New Zealand managed to hold on, and that last hit by Adam Blair uh, to close the game out was absolutely outstanding, but... I think it's an opportunity to go on begging in a critical blow to their season when they've already struggled, like I've said, with the bench to lose somebody like Vaughnie who plays, you know, 50, 55 minutes and contributes to that forward pack. And Jack DeBellin, that hip injury that he's playing through, he honestly can barely run during games. He literally has to turn around on the spot to get himself back. So uh, they're limping into the back end of the year and I don't know if it's going to get any better. Mm. They're, They're looking to me now like a team that could possibly fall into the bottom half of the eight and be gone week one. Yeah, agree. So I, I don't know. And for the Warriors, if Harris comes back, if Lasana comes, if they can just keep the spine together, I'm not saying they can win the comp, but on their day, they are as erratic and up and down as a yo-yo. But they could beat anyone if they really want to.
2: What are, What are they saying about Vaughn
1: I spoke to him, and the it's hard because it's syndesmosis in the ankle. Okay. So basically... So it his could, knee's okay? He, oh, the knee, the doctor said he's the luckiest man in the world because it basically pivoted in the joint, the bone. So it didn't snap because it pivoted, but he's got some bone brooding. Well, I
2: can't believe he doesn't have a broken
1: leg. Well, he was really worried because it was the opposite of the bad one that he broke when he was younger. So he could yeah. have had two busted legs. But the, the thing about sin is mostly, and we had a guy at Campbell we play with, Hayden Hodge who had this. It can be... Anywhere from two to twelve weeks, depending on severity. But what yeah. he's got, the doctor's saying it basically depends on your recovery. He could be gone for the year, mm. but on best case scenario, with all the recovery and he's doing extra sessions, could rehab, be before uh, icing. He's got the compression machine at home. He said it could be three weeks. Absolute bet—that's miracle situation. Okay. But at the moment, so finals. It's looking like it yeah, may finals. be week one.
2: Okay, um, around then. I—I've I got a feeling the dragons aren't done. I, you know, I've seen the dragons of the past, hope and they've—they've they've had that look in their eye like they're done. I. I see enough in what the Dragons are doing to think that they're going to be okay. And they've got a lot of origin-class players there. They've got a good halfback, good 5'8", good hooker, good fullback, good forward pack.
1: I'm with you. But There's I just... enough
2: there. I just think we we saw enough early in the year to suggest that they can beat the better sides. The, when the weather heats up, um, I, just, I just think they're
1: going to be there or thereabouts. I think McGregor's... For lack of a better word, fucked up though. I really do. I think he had chances to rest his players. He played them every single time, and every time they were supposed to be on reduced minutes or he said, I've prepared for this, he didn't. He went into the Bulldogs are they, game.
2: They're fourth at the moment?
1: Fifth, I think. Fourth, I, I think, just. Well, On four and against, but again, yeah. the only thing helping him is they've got a cushier draw. But what I'm saying in. is, but yeah, it's they're not because the gonna... dogs and these guys are beaten teams. Mm. Parameter has the spoon. spoon. Realistically,
2: come on, like you, you've got
1: to beat those teams. I know that, but you, um, I'm looking at it from this perspective. I, I
2: look at them and go, they, they should be top four. If they're not top four,
1: five guys in origin. Right? Vaughan's now out. Tarek Sims, less effect, yes. Frizzell's missed games because he's got a hamstring. He's getting needled up. He's got all sorts of problems. to absolutely busted. And he had three chances to rest. And when you build that lead, you look at teams like Melbourne and these guys, they've showed you the blueprint. When you win early games, that gives you room to rest. You'd rather cop a loss here or there to make sure those guys are good. Every one of those games, he put them into deficit. The Bulldogs game was going to play reduced minutes. They looked like they were going to lose it. He played Vaughn, Sims, Frizzell, all extra minutes. He went into the para game. Rested Brazil, put all the other guys out there. Same deal again, was going to rest those guys. They were down, they come back, they won that game. But again, they've had to reach deep into the kit bag to win that. And then the Tigers game, well, I tipped the Tigers' hands down thinking they were going to win that anyway. Still got a good record, still sitting on top of the table. Another chance to rest. He dug in, tried to get that win, and he's lost. I you think three but times. In
2: the past. I'm just looking at what I'm seeing right now. I think they've got enough there to challenge in the finals. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think, I think he's made Let's a mistake. I really do. taking too long. Yeah, I move. hate
1: reviews. I know you hate reviews, but we have to do them, so... Uh, Warriors, Sheck, Marmolo, Jazz Devunga was exceptional exception off the bench. Eels, Titans, 28-12. I think it's a poor sign. It's a fucking
2: horrendous game. It's it a,
1: was it was a dog shit game. Tim Manor scored first try. I was going to say, it's a poor sign when you can oh, see fuck. a Tim Manor try five minutes in, but it didn't get any better. By the end of the first half, it was 22-8. Second half, there was plenty of chances. They got held up four or five times over the line. Well, they had um, a
2: man in the bin. The Titans should have scored. The Titans should have won that game but I they're rubbish. I can't
1: read the Titans. They
2: threw the ball over the side on and play one when, when, uh, after they'd, someone had been sin-bin. Like, how anyone is protecting what Garth Brennan's doing up there is beyond me.
1: I can't figure him out. I really can't.
2: You know, I think Gus came out last week and said the Titans are morals to win that game. I, I've seen nothing this year that suggested that the Titans are morals in any game. I've seen a lot of good stuff from them, but I've seen some just abhorrently bad stuff from them as well. Mm. Parramatta have been okay, you know. but who are they beating? You know they should have beaten South and flopped that game, and yeah. they bashed up on the Titans. Who beat the Cowboys. to be fair, or rubbish. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the yeah. Dogs when the Dogs were struggling. Yeah, so okay.
1: Got all the wins at the bottom end of things. But yeah, I just look at this one, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away about. I'd
2: love Corey Norman to come to the Titans. Their
1: attitude, sign him up. Their attitude and I don't know what goes on with that group. I really don't know. And Ash Taylor was Oh, non-existent. Fucking horrendous. I've said it before. AJ Brimson. People need to get on board with that because oh, what, it's,
2: it's obvious. It's, but. The, the more alarming is that you're paying this bloke. What well, I don't think oh, we're paying him a million. million. I think we're we're paying always, 900 you're paying right him nine hundred this year, there. and it's going up. So they're going to be paying him a million, well, think, and he looks like he's a fucking reserve grader.
1: I think the most alarming thing is the best player to me was Michael Gordon, who's 34, well, 35 that, years old. That's
2: why I like that signing because it shows it shows those players who like Ash Taylor, who thinks he's an Origin player, that you're not. No, and and surely having Michael Gordon there is demonstrating in some aspect that the work ethic and the diligence and the attention to detail in how to be a consistent first grader, but it just doesn't seem to be rubbing off on a lot of them.
1: But that's why I thought last year they made the mistake with the Haynes situation culture. They gave Oh
2: and they come out and say their defence is getting better. Yeah. Did but, you did yeah. you see the Tim Manor try?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Like Horrible. I don't
2: know. Let's move on because I'm gonna fucking fire well, up.
1: Arrow, Gordon and again the ever-reliable Don, out of all the players in, in that side, I must say, most weeks, he's, go. he's like pretty good as well. A guy ain't? who
2: just plays above his ability. He's a part of who's
1: in grade yeah. and he's just, he slugs it every week. And he's a winger. And I don't like talking about wingers because, to me, he's not the prototypical one even now with the yardage game. But, but he plays above his he's ability. ability every, every, week, every yeah. week. yeah. Uh, for the Parramatta side, Nathan Brown's found some form. Coming back into this year, Jared Hayne again continues to kind of push for that new contract, but it's no surprise. I think he times things pretty well, unfortunately. Uh, Gutherson, Penny Terrapo, et cetera, but... If they're looking to let one of those halves go, if it's going to be Corey Norman, uh, I don't know if a club can get the best out of him. But if I'm Canberra or, like you said, you're of the Titans, I don't know if, if the Gold Coast is the best place for him to go or not. Parramatta um, um, will give you Ash Taylor. We'll take Corey Norman. He'd be very interested, wouldn't you? Please, God. Roosters-Cowboys, 26-20. Uh, I think what I took out of this game is that the Roosters... Played a team that only made one error the whole game and still somehow found a way to hang on. I thought things were a little bit rough around the edges with Kiri missing, but they did enough to get the job done. And the Cowboys, I think it just summed up their season. I think all the effort uh, and intent was there again, but they just couldn't get the job done. Jonathan Thurston, first half, uh, him, Cooper, et cetera, they, they didn't have a great first half. I don't like the tactic of taking penalty goals at every opportunity this year. I think that's very, very negative and probably speaks to their attitude or how they're going. Um, but second half, yeah. never say die. Him and Tamallo, they were exceptional, trying to lead them to that victory. But the Roosters that was held the best on.
2: they played for a 20 minute oh. period, I think,
1: all year. And again, to go 35 from 36, 97% completions and lose, like, you couldn't do any more to win. So I look at the Roosters from that fact and go, you still won that game. Mm. I don't know what uh, conceding those three tries late after getting that lead was soft, and it's a mental lapse. And I'm sure Robinson was disappointed, but I'm still sitting there going, we won that game somehow. Napa's first game back in. Kiri's still not in there. A lot of the guys this year that have come in and out of the side have built more depth in that squad and I'm still not worried because I think they're one of those teams that could literally just push the button when finals come. I really do. So from the rooster side of things, Ferguson's season has been huge. He's been massive in yardage again. Tokiaho again. Uh, I thought Tedesco had another busy night. A lot of people were talking about the trial. I thought he had quite a night, to be honest. He was damaging when he got the football but I didn't think he got a lot of quality ball on that left-hand edge and Uh, The Cowboys, like I said, it's very easy to sum up the best players for those two. It's the two JTs who Mm -hmm. just put in every week. And anyone that says Tumalo's having a bad year, give yourself a triple. He's doing as much as he possibly can. He's not getting a lot of support. Yeah, Um, I think that just sums up itself. Manly Sharks, well, Shane Flanagan summed it up. Discipline, and we talk about this all the time with the Sharks. Discipline and errors. Score a try, make an error, play two, throw a dumb offload. Multiple penalties. Woods got put in the sin bin. They just couldn't get out of their own way, I think, of this game. And full credit to Manley. I think, uh, you know, they hung in. They've always got good attack. They've got some quality players on their side, regardless of the fact I know they're restricted salary cap-wise and across their whole 17. But the fact the Sharks lost this game, you know, I'm not surprised he had the blow-up that he did. I would have kicked the shit out of that excuse as well. Yeah. They were disappointing. Absolutely. Terrible.
2: That's it. That's all i got to say. Ordinary, all right, all ordinary, ordinary.
1: Tap out. Uh, Fanua Blake thought they rolled too easy for the middle the fact that Lane got to crash over twice I think he's having a great year and it's looking like an okay purchase from the Eels side of things but his two tries I think Fainu is really underrated in what he's done yeah, he's, he's
2: developing well
1: he's been a good footballer and but Cherry Evans is,
2: did Shane Flanagan come out and blame the referees for this game no
1: he put it squarely on his team yeah, like, he owned it but
2: where's that been he agreed last? with the it's, two no tries it's, he agreed it's been with coming Evan. For weeks, you know, like you keep deflecting and you keep giving your players outs, this is what you
1: get. And his number one disappointment even again. He was the two penalty goals the last two weeks. Last week, an opportunity to go to Golden Point and then Holmes missed one from next at the post. Go and and
2: watch that game, right? there. I think uh, Cronulla were up six with the ball and they had a quick play the ball and they went back to the post with Gallon and he fucking dropped the ball where Moylan had a quick play the ball on the left-hand side down a short side, a 4v3 at least.
1: And Gallon fucking drops the ball. Well, this comes back again to the dummy half going that way because he's had a ball. You just and say no like, to Gallon. No. And same
2: thing. He picks the ball up and milkshakes and fucks around with it. Like, just give it to Moylan off the deck. Yeah. Moylan played well in he this did. game.
1: He did. You know,
2: like,
0: he's
2: it's a so- hot hand in dry conditions. Yeah. Paul Gallon should never, ever, 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 ever get the, t- get the ball off a quick play the ball. Ever.
1: Yeah. And I was going to say, I heard a lot of people again laying the boot into Townsend town the other day going, oh, he was awful. Well, he forced three dropouts. Someone picked out one seven tackle set he gave. So. He, he forced. Yeah, but when he
2: gave away that seven tackle set, Cherry Evans went down the other end, and did the same thing. So I understand like,
1: that, but yeah, he forced, no. But what I'm yeah. saying
2: is, like, but you don't hear him laying the boot in Cherry Evans. No, about
1: it. and I'm not saying he's of Cherry I Evans' don't, ability. I don't, I don't particularly rate Townsend. No, but I've I, said a you know, million times. I just think he's I think steady in he his job. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's first grader.
1: But people are talking like we've put him in Origin claims. No way. I'm just saying, like, for going, oh, he's got a poor kicking game. Well, he forced three dropouts. I'm so. not going to
2: defend my opinion or anyone. He's my opinion game. is my opinion because I watch every game every week. So. Yeah.
1: Uh, um, yeah, I think... For,
2: I think Moylan's developing well as a half. He, he looked like on in, on a dry track behind a uh, couple of fast play the balls, having Wade Graham back
1: That's helps, the main thing I was going to say. Wade Graham, to me, is the linchpin for their attack. When yeah. he's in on that left-hand edge with Moylan, he looks much better. Holmes is looking exceptional. Well, it takes
2: the pressure off Moylan to have to ball play because he gets
1: that from uh, Graham as well. The one blight on his game is still his defence, though. He had eight misses, and the Dylan Walker one-on-one like on, one on one miss. I think yeah. his intent got better trying to get in front, but if he gets isolated in space... He's basically yeah. a pushover. And they isolated him a few times the other day. But uh, Tapio, given all the speculation, has been exceptional. I thought Cherry Evans had a massive game again. Fane it's developed fighting him, well. him up. So, uh, Holmes, for everyone given raps, I thought he had a good first half. But overall game, four errors. He threw a shit pass to Catola that put him over the sideline. The missed goal. There was a few things in the second half I looked at and was just like, you know, where, yeah. uh, they, they kind of hurt his side. So uh, Disappointing loss for them in the top four is now going to be a stretch. But a few results went their way. It's going to be a tough ask because they've got Melbourne this week. Particularly to Melbourne. Cough that
0: guy. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. Up on a dry track at oh,
1: home, and the Brisbane one hurt as well. But uh, they're going to basically have to go four from four now, I think. Yeah,
2: but Brisbane at Suncorp, prime time game. Yeah, I get that. Good side, manly at home, dry track. Come on,
1: yeah. And the last game of the round, that Penrith Panther side we're talking about, absolutely crazy game 41 to 30, to be 26 12 down. At half time, uh, after scoring in the first minute, that that first half was nuts. But I tell you what, Sunday was it, after, wasn't
2: it forty to thirty one. I think it was forty to thirty one. I think Canberra uh, 41
1: forty one thirty. Was I it? Yeah, they didn't kick a field goal.
2: I think Canberra did. No, Caesar kicked it.
1: I don't think so. I don't, I don't remember I a field goal, but this is just an insane game. I'm kind of disappointed I didn't go. Now it was an absolute shootout. Yeah. Um, but to be down 26-12 at half time. Yeah, it was
2: forty thirty one. Caesar kicked the field oh, goal. Well, I All good. It's all good. That's I, I just thought, Jesus, did I watch that game in a? haze of tiredness and no sleep mm. no but
1: the only thing I've got to bring up again like for the end of the game and I get this everyone's rapping baloney but all the chaos happened down his edge Rapana Tepai and Lailua absolutely gave that edge a bath all doesn't day doesn't matter
2: you can't miss 12 tackles
1: I know that that's what I'm getting at yeah, but they're all sorry. going he won in the game I'm like well bullshit how about yeah. not letting all the tries in the first yeah, place yeah, to put yourself in that situation like you're getting pummeled left but right but he needs to get better help
2: they need to put someone there who is just a lockdown defender
1: yo they had yo at that edge before and he was a better defender yeah Fair. At right the moment, legs. I think they've had Harrowir and Ora and a couple other guys next to him that struggle defensively on their yeah. own. Like. Corey,
2: Exactly. Corey's an aggressive defender, but he yeah. doesn't always He's stick. not a great defender. Yeah, he He's got a good reader. him up with someone who's going to
1: miss more tackles than he is. And the other thing i got, is that Faray's edge or not? I think Faray's on the right, isn't he? Faray's on the left. Well, Faray's sure. usually pretty good on that side of things, but the back row is the link between all that as well. They need to have, I think, Yo. Well,
2: actually, Faray might be playing on the right.
1: Because who was on that edge with him? It was Kikau. And Kikau himself is a big man. laterally is not... on the left. Yeah, he's yeah. not the greatest laterally. So to have him there, who's excellent at attack, don't get me wrong, but to have him next to Jimmy Maloney riding shotgun puts a lot of pressure on Dean Faray to come up with a lot of decisions. And I think the out and out of it all is James Maloney... Does Dean
2: Faray went through on the right-hand edge when Cleary gave him that pass, I think? Or was it Peachy that gave him the pass late in the game?
1: Well, if Faray yeah, is yeah. not on that edge, well, then that left edge is completely just... Yeah, mm. it's on its own. It's Wanga Blake on the left edge, I think. So again, yeah, defensively... It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But. Defensively, I'm pretty sure the left edge is Wanga Blake, James Maloney, and Viliami out, which mm. is a worry because all those guys have some holes in their games. Yeah, Viliami laterally is not great. Jimmy Maloney... Point is, they
2: need, need to put someone with him who's a lockdown defender.
1: Yeah. Well, I know you want to have the most damaging player with one of your better attacking players in Kikia, but yeah, defensively, they're not the best guys to be sticking next to each other. Yeah. And especially if is not on that edge. There's a lot of guys that are vulnerable, but... That, to me, when I look at it, they go up school and poor defensively, most of the damage was done down there. Joe Lalewe got a hat-trick. Jordan Rapano had an absolute field day. Every time Joseph DePine got the football, he broke multiple tackles or just dragged people. Those mm-hmm. guys had a field day on that right edge. Uh, come to the fore, again, though, is their mental resilience. That big forward pack, and I'm looking at it right now, going from Canberra, one thing I will give Ricky Stewart, the club, are to, not paying Boyd or Paula. The fact that they've got eight hundred, seven hundred thousand 700000 or six fifty with the way the game's going and a possibility of lower interchanges, that's ridiculous money. Mm-hmm. It may hurt them a little bit next year, but moving forward, they're going to buy front rowers that actually reflect the way the game's going. Those two guys, given the money they've got, uh, I think Canberra's done the absolute right thing. Who comes in next year? I don't know. Do they patch it up for a year? Yes, they're probably going to have to do that. Can they do it? From a depth point of view, it's going to hurt. But if you're telling me, instead of spending $1.5 million on those two guys, which I wouldn't pay anywhere near that anyway, then i have to plug in with Soliola. Papali, Whitehead, Topine, et cetera, in my back row next year, I'm happy to do that for one year rather than just shell out for the sake of shelling out. Mm. I won't be better over a table if I'm Canberra. Um, so that's probably one thing I took out despite the fact that, again, for the ninth or tenth time this year, they've lost a game while leading at halftime, which is just shit house, really. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, halves play, edge defence. Like, Aiden Caesar had a pretty average day himself. I think he missed 12 tackles as well as Jimmy Maloney missing that same amount, so two guys got picked out. But second half, I think goes back to what we've seen all year. When Penrith dropped the shackles and dropped the bullshit and actually played some football, they're one of the most dangerous and talented sides in the competition. Yeah, agree. And they showed that again. Nathan Cleary to me, said it the week before, when he's the lead man with his hands all over the football, they look a better football they side. They do.
2: They look a better side when both teams are, uh, sorry, both halves are running the ball. Yep. And the short pass is Penrith's best pass. Mm. They, they need to stop the sideways-to-sideways movement. Um, the best... Example of sideways movement that I could highlight out of this game which is different to that block block sort of shape they're trying to run is the early two pass to kick out in the first set you just went pass pass straight through just get early ball to your centres and, and your back rows. it doesn't need to be with any real structure as long as it's off a quick play the ball I think Penrith's whole game just needs to be on the back of quick play the balls get their halves over the advantage line playing nice and straight with numbers around them I and mean, good things going to happen
1: well, it's very simple for them with the amount of talent you've got. There's natural football that comes off, like you said, with footwork, power, dynamic players, offloads. Like You don't need to put a whole lot of structure around it. Basically, the only restriction you'd have if you were coaching them, you'd give them some set pieces or some kind of framework to work within, but realistically, it'd be yardage. That's about it. Yeah. In yardage, we get out, we get in pairs, we push around the football, run your decoys for your C-line scooters, etc. cetera, get your forwards pushing in pairs. But in good ball, those two halves, you shouldn't have to give them a structure. Play football. That's my point. Pick somebody out. Find somebody in video every single week. Get kick out. Bang one in. Get a quick playable off the back of it, and just go again. Katawa doesn't have how a dummy half. Like they're deadly all over the field. I don't mind tying Peachy at fullback. To be honest, I know he dropped that bomb, but he has to be on the field. He has to be. Yeah. He can't be on the bench um, if they're not going to play him in the centers right now. Which I don't blame him for. Who they've got. Uh, I've got absolutely no problem with him playing at one with the way the situation's working. out. And if Dalen's hamstring's not one hundred percent, he also doesn't have a pass like Peachy does. Peachy's last pass that cutout ball was absolute cracker on the weekend, but. Mm. Maloney's pass was forward, wasn't it, that late? Yeah, it was. I, it was you have to highlight hard. that. So, yeah. uh, I'm not saying they got away with it, but again, uh, everything's come to a head, obviously, after that result with the coaching situation we've address. But more interesting to see what happens this week, given everything we've seen happen at Penrith in the last 48, 72 hours. Uh, moving on now to the fan questions. James Heron, Hey, boys, Mick Innes' take on the Dragons have an individual goals achieved this year on the money. Pretty hard to argue against it, and if so, how do you fix it? And congrats on the bub.
2: Thank you. There
1: you yeah. go. We forgot to say it at the start. I, probably, I got
2: hijacked by fucking Anthony Griffin.
1: I'll probably say this right now to everybody out there. Uh, I obviously mentioned it last week about the baby and lots of well wishes. Uh, on behalf of Brock, he'll probably say it himself as well. Just uh, thank you for all your kind words and support and love. Yeah. Good times. There's been a lot of love. Um,
2: hard not to. She's, uh, she's still in special care, so she's been in there. It's been a week now. Well, just... Under a week Since my uh, My wife Gave birth to our daughter But um, Yeah She's in special care She had A few little things going on But nothing Nothing major She struggled to breathe a little bit When she came out um, But that was normal And Had a little bit of jaundice And struggling to take her feeds And stuff But she was a little bit early But She's in good health Um, She's happy Mum's My wife's good So can't complain. I've been sleeping on a fold-out bed at the hospital for the last seven nights.
1: Oh, huh, good so times. So that's
2: been a bit rough, and it does get a little bit cuckoo when you're locked up in a hospital, and more so for my wife. I've been back at work since Monday. But, um, yeah, it's, there's been a lot of um, nice things written and, and whatever, and, uh, yeah, appreciate everyone that's sent through some love. I know it doesn't take a lot to send a message through, but it does mean a lot. I know my wife's been looking at a lot of them as well, so um, she probably didn't realise how... Uh, you know how many people we have out there that are good, genuine people who listen to the show. So, mm. thanks for um, thanks for all your well wishes. And uh, I think there were a few people saying, "When's she going to be on the show?" She'll have to grow up a little bit, but mm. she'll make more sense than us two gibbers. I guarantee that. I'm so. sure you
1: hear some crying over a game companion or something in the coming weeks. Maybe so when we get an opportunity. but Maybe,
2: but um, yeah, all, all's good. And thank thanks very much for the message. And thanks for you, Louis. What you said last week, my wife listened to that as well. And we're a tight family, and um, we all get along. And it's a big thing. It's a first um your your first uh experience being an uncle, my first experience being a dad, so it's been a little bit different, but it's exciting and um
1: Yeah. I more yeah. find it weird that you're a dad now. I kinda did that last week. I didn't say yeah. that when I was looking at you in the hospital and you had the baby looking at dad and I'm looking at dad and I'm looking at you. And I'm like, I feel mm. the odd man out of the weird one now. We are old. I like to pretend I'm not old. I'm old anymore, but I'm
2: old. I've got four years on now. You you'll you'll age in I'm always feeling
1: old, but you know, now I'll, that you've had a baby and you're a dad. You know, now, now Once you really get to
2: 30, right. then you go, shit, where yeah. am I at in life? I've got
1: about 18 months. So. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, Well, back to what James said about the individual goals for some of those Dragon players. I don't know about that so much. Like Individual efforts, like getting an origin like some of those players do is a big thing. But at the end of the day, everyone's goal is to win a premiership. And I think I go back to what I said before. I just don't think they have the depth in their squad. I think a lot of those guys have come out of that period busted, and I'm looking at McGregor with those chances to rest or manage it better, and I don't think he has. Yeah, I don't want to point this finger square at him, but they don't have the depth to support uh, you know, those kind of guys or support that forward pack, and they couldn't afford injury. And their 1-13 is great, but I think he's pushed them too far during that period. It's now cost them one player. That tackle was a freak tackle, mind you. But Frizzell's busted. Uh, DeBellin's busted. Oh, I think he just managed to. Yeah, covered the covered in the review. So, yeah. And our fantasy expert, battle the spoon. Who gets it?
2: Well, it won't be Manly. I cashed out my um, bet on them to win the spoon. At, I think it was 35 to 1. I had 100 bucks on it.
1: Ooh, Cowboys' um, eels are still even, aren't
2: they? I cashed out, but at 8 bucks. I got 800. Oh, that that's bet. better than nothing. That's a good sign. So, yeah. 8 Ooh. to 1 they gave me. I was happy with that. I, I took that. But, yeah, I've cashed out. So if Manly get the spoon, I'll be filthy because I've, I would have walked away from. Two and a half grand, basically, but I don't, I don't know. I thought Bulldogs were a lock. I thought Parramatta were a lock to at least be in the conversation. Um, what does the ladder look like? I, I wouldn't know what the, even the ladder looks like. I know that there's four clear. Well, I'm bad pretty sides, sure
1: and dogs th- and seagulls are on six, cowboys and the eels are on five. So they've got to win ahead and <sighs> differential. Bulldogs have got a much better See, I differential.
2: Yeah, look at Titans they're probably playing the worst out of all those sides but at the you've moment. You've got
1: to rely on two plus wins. Yeah, yeah. No, I you know? know that.
2: But I, what I'm saying is they're, they're certainly playing probably the worst out of all those sides at the moment. The Bulldogs have improved. Manly's record against top eight sides is crazy. Like they've beaten five. Five of their six wins have been against top eight sides. So, uh, look, I'd probably say, I'd probably say, who who wins out of a game out of Parramatta and. North Queensland.
1: Well, they've already beaten them. If they play the way they did last week. I'd probably week, say, I'd say the Cowboys. Cowboys yeah. I, I,
2: I think Parramatta are probably in the box seat, but I, I don't know. I, As I said two weeks ago, I thought the Bulldogs were a shoe in to get it, and they've just come yeah. grown legs. and, Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. It's a tough one, tough one. But if I had to put some hard-earned on it right now, you're going to ask me, I'd say Parramatta.
1: Yeah, I'd probably say para, but I, in saying that, I think both those teams are a chance of beating their opposition this Ask week. Ask me
2: again next week, and I'll probably have a different opinion. Andrew
1: Wales, hoping the Sharks can pull it together, dot, dot, dot. Well, I think they fielded their best 17 on the weekend, and it's a matter of discipline and errors like I spoke about and get back to a bit of that grit. I I know you didn't agree with me. I still think there's enough there for them to win a comp. I do. No, I don't. They're not my favorite to win it, but all things going right, I think they can win the comp.
2: Same reason uh, I've got question marks over, over Melbourne and... Um, and the Broncos, are just look at their halves and go, hmm. Fair enough. Don't know.
1: Jason Lamley, congrats on the bub box Boxhead. Question for Lewis, who's the better Knights backer? Oh, Fitzgibbon or Fitzgerald. Yeah,
2: you had a few yeah. I way, was I rattled
1: think. last week. In a similar situation to you, uh, I've been doing bloody, what, 4 a.m. starts for about five weeks now. And I, I have an issue. We both do in this family of being 4 night owls. Shit. So being night hours I try I'm to up every
2: 2 hours at the moment, bro. Well,
1: I try to tell myself that I'm going to get to bed, but I don't switch off. So I still yeah. I sleep some nights 3 or 4 hours and I go to work. It was all funny. Night, so. It's
2: funny and it's good that Jason you can send it through like that and it's a laugh. It's, it's not a a, someone having a uh, pot shot at people on social media which a lot of the keyboard warriors do. So no, I like it.
1: Yeah, I'd have to say Good fit- chat. I'd have to go Fitzgibbon now now that I've actually yeah, yeah. got my brains and my wits about me yeah. this week. All right. Stephen Stefan Groom, any update on Vaughn? Well, I said that before. Michael Barry, could you explain a little bit about third parties? What's the point in the salary cap if teams have more to spend? Well, <sighs> well we've talked about this a million times. Third parties, plain and simple. Basically
2: businesses can come in, throw as much as they want at a player, they're uncapped, yeah. they need to be someone that's external to the club and they bump up someone's salary. Yeah. So it's clubs that have got more of those are at a huge exactly. advantage.
1: And the problem is they're not distributed evenly. There's no cap on it, and they don't have to publicly say or we don't really hear anything about it. But it's very obvious to some teams when they re-sign a lot of players who's got the third parties nude doesn't. Yeah, But it should be declared. That's the one thing I think the NRL could do to clear it up and give people a lot more p- parity is put out the figures of how much third-party money is spent by each club. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people would feel better about it. They might be even angrier when they see the figures, but it'd be at least nice to know yeah, right. who's playing with $12 million, who's playing with the $9 million, or etc. Jeremy Feast, hypothetically, if the competition did expand to 18 teams in the future, how would you design the final series, keep it at eight teams in its current format, or break them mold with something different? Uh,
2: well, I don't know. I'd probably keep stick the current it at eight. Format. Yeah, stick it at eight.
1: The ideal thing for me would be to get to 20, hopefully, and then just play everyone once and then have a two clashes against a rival, so Penrith Para, et cetera. You'd have 20 games of football, still moving to the top eight system or yeah. something like that, but yeah. Dominic Coogan, could you find your way back to coaching at Penrith if Cleary gets a gig? Uh, no. No, all right, there you go.
2: No, just because I think, you know, I've started some things at the Tigers and they gave me a better opportunity than what I, uh, I had on the table at Penrith. So I moved there and... I've got a loyalty to to them now for giving me that opportunity. I think that, that's how I operate. Unless, you know, the day that the West Tigers say to me, we don't have an opportunity for you to progress, then I'll look elsewhere. But until they give me an indication of that, and they definitely haven't given me an indication of that, they've given me an indication that, you know, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to, to progress there. And I obviously like the fact that Ivan's there, but I'm I'm not there because of Ivan. No. I'm there because it's a good opportunity, I think. Um under, you know, it, it's more the raps I give Ivan are what he sets in below the first grade. I know that that works and I know that it's very detailed and yeah. I know that it's...
1: It's a whole club focus. Yeah, look, just, some coaches you can come out there and say, and again, I'm not going to pick names out, but Hasler, for example, where he was at the Dogs, they neglected their juniors. It was heavy spending at the top and look at the way they're suffering now. Their juniors aren't doing well. They haven't got much through it. Their top end's ruined. Really good coaches come in and they address every aspect of the club, which is why Penrith got back to where it is because some of the like Ivan Cleary... Works all the way from development at twelve years of age and puts things in place there and the right people and gives time to all the staff and you know programs and placement and works his whole way up. Yeah,
2: look, if, and if Penith rung and said, "Hey, we've got an opportunity to do the Jersey flag, or we've got an opportunity to do the uh, the SG ball, or something," I'd have to consider a better
1: opportunity. I yeah. have
2: to consider it, but it would have to be a better opportunity than that's what I'm coaching in now. Yeah, better coaching. opportunities,
1: basically yeah. in progression.
2: Yeah, but you've also got a loyalty to where you are.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Unless, like you said, if they're basically saying there's no progression or someone's in front of you and there's not going to be pathway, right. I'd go
2: to them and have a conversation. You have a conversation you know, respectfully. A and month you ago, them. a month ago, I walked into um, Cubs training and you know a member at West Tigers pulled me aside and said, "Mate, are you going to the Bulldogs? You're going mm-hmm. to coach at the Bulldogs? That's the first i I've heard of it." Yeah. So you know these things, you get linked. You know if you know someone at another club, you, you're always linked, and that's sort of what's happening now with Ivan. Who know Who knows if he's had a conversation? I, I don't know, but. Mm. That's how the game goes.
1: Yeah. Josh Costello, massive Knights fan. Just wanted to say how good it would be if Ponga got the Dallium in his first season. And if you guys think there's a chance. Also, would you agree the significance of the Dallium has decreased? It's hardly recognized compared to the likes of a Brownlow or the NBA MVP. Quite a shame. Love the show. I'm hoping to get, you get yourselves on radio or TV in the future. And congrats to Box. Thanks, man. I don't think he'll win it now. Uh, I think the injury and the way they're forming and losing a couple of players, you obviously poll points on your team winning as well. So why I think his form's still good coming back. I don't think they're going to win enough games for him to poll enough votes, but it's an exceptional first full season yep. in the NRL and appearing uh, in Origin and the Dalian medal. Will, yeah, I don't think it's as prestigious or well-structured as some of the other awards, but at the end of the day, I think most years it's correct. Yeah, Most years it's correct. James Moody, have you ever got a big fat zero on your tips? I went one from eight last week.
2: No, I've never got zero, but I've gone... I think I've
1: got two a few times. I've I've dropped pretty low. Yeah, I think I've
2: got two.
1: I got three last week. You got four, by the way. So we we were pretty 50-50 there. James Strasberg, massive congrats to Brock and your partner. Uh, But he says, about the captain's call system, if it's brought in, giving the refs a couple of reviews... Uh, Half as well, the captains would work. Still encourages a faster game, but gives the refs a chance to review certain plays they want to have another look at. What are your thoughts? I like it, Jay. I like it. I've got no complaints about that either.
2: You can have that along with the bunker and it would work.
1: Yep. Ben Fisher. What has changed at the Bulldogs? They were written off basically not to win another game all year and now have two convincing wins in a row. Young
2: well, kids with an opportunity. That's what's happened.
1: Opportunity to play grade. No pressure, no bullshit, no speculation. They're literally there at the moment, almost like 20s or park football would be, mm. where you get to come in every day, Playing enjoy yourself, and just play football. Opportunity. And uh, there's a lot of guys there that wouldn't have got opportunities elsewhere that are getting a chance to play grade now, and they're making a fist of it. Yeah. That's the difference. Sean Clark, can the Storm in the comp without a genuine halfback? Seems to be a struggle to close out games.
2: I said it months ago, I don't think they can win it yeah. without a genuine half. No. I think
1: they can be top four, but yeah, at the moment. I think they can play in
2: the grand final. Yeah. I, I, I don't, just don't think if they get in a tight game, if it's 10 to go, 15 to go, you need a couple of key kicks, key plays. I don't see the person there to do it.
1: Well, again, against South, the Roosters, teams that have Kronk, Tedesco, Friend, Keery. you know, card.
2: wild card for me would be I'd play Brandon Smith. I'd put Brandon Smith on at nine and play Cameron Smith at seven.
1: Well, at some because point... Because
2: I think that Brandon Smith... Is a better nine than any halfback that they've got at the club. So I think maybe moving Smith, playing him at seven and Smith, well, Smith and Smith at nine and seven would be better than, you know, Jax or Croft and Smith.
1: Well, to me, I've got to the point now where if Croft does have that future and he's one of the ones with a better kicking yeah, game. put him in. We either need to put Croft in.
2: Well, I said that a month ago. I don't,
1: right? I don't have a problem with Hughes. I like Hughes. And I like the way they play but but they again.
2: But they're going to find a spot for him outside of the halves. I think me. they
1: could beat everybody else, like you're saying, but if they're going to play one of those teams like a Sousa or a Roosters that have a genuine 7-6, 1-9, they're going to need a proper 7 there. Whether he's of lesser experience, he's actually played the position. He's uber talented. On his best day, he would do a lot better job managing, kicking, than obviously of a Hughes would. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Adam Stevenson, surely Ivan loses all respect if he goes back to Penrith. Told he was outdated by Gus. Surely he would want to stick with him, or stick is the son him. enough to get him back there? I wouldn't think he'll would go back. Yeah, I think we can. Let's that not talk on, about. But, yeah. Yeah.
2: if if it happens, we'll talk about it.
1: Todd Payton sounds like he's signed to be a Warriors assistant. What are your thoughts on him? Well, it's been confirmed he is going to be a Warriors assistant. A couple of years ago, there was talks he was going to be a first grade coach, but mm. uh, some of the murmurs, unfortunately, there at the time of that, him and David Kidwell from my mail were trying to get JT's job while he was still there, yeah. which. Isn't really a great thing when you're trying to push for somebody's gig. He's ended up at the Cowboys in a few places and haven't heard a lot since. So it's taken a lot longer to get As I said before, there.
2: be very, very careful when you want to wear the crown because yeah. heavy is the
1: head that wears it. There you go. But uh, yeah, from what I've heard in the 20s ranks, people are a big fan of him. At the top grade, I, I don't know a whole lot by the time the Tigers, which obviously was a bit of a mess. so I don't know a lot about him. Yeah, see what happens. Daniel Friend, be interested to hear what your principles or philosophies you guys base your coaching on, the non-negotiables you could take to any club that you coach at.
2: You've got to be strong defensively. I think your team's got to be fit and I think your team's got to be well skilled. That's yeah. But the basic core of it, but I coach my teams to play football. I want to mm. see my team go out there and attack. And I want to see us attack with our defence. I want to see us attack with the footy. I want to see us play fast. Uh, and I, I'm, you know, I'm massive on discipline and anything that we can control within a game, I want to see us control. Mm. And the group uh, And, you too. know, your game model. Your game model varies based on the players you've got.
1: Yeah, but we're, I think one thing when you talk about philosophy and culture and stuff like that, I think one thing we've done really well or you do really well in particular is bring a group together. We don't have cliques or individuals or bits and pieces. It's, a, well, for a better lack of a quote, it's a we thing, not a me thing for mm. everybody. And everywhere I've kind of seen you coach or anything that we've been involved with, there's always been a real good group, real tight-knit group. And you need that buy-in because that, again, relates back yeah, to on the field full. Getting through difficult moments, working in fitness, defending, all those things are attitude and a team and needing to want to do things for your teammates. So, I think in particular, you have to have the whole group buy in and be close. They have to be close. Yeah. So, yeah. Ray Gavin, chance of Cleary leaving and who would replace him? So, we didn't really mention the Tigers' replacement. I'd still go for Maguire.
2: Well, they'd probably go that way. I well, think
1: I for them, though, we brought up, I brought up Holbrook before. Holbrook's been at that club and they had a big rap on him. Yeah. If anyone was going to bring back somebody or if he had a chance to go somewhere with no experience. Mm-hmm. I think the Tigers would also look at Good Holcomb. question,
2: Ray. We missed that
1: one. Yeah. Robert Thomas he says, What kind of beer do you fellas enjoy? If I had to pick, uh, my money would be on a stock standard Aussie beer like new or a dry. And Brock sounds like he'd enjoy a rum or a bourbon. Bro, <laughs> I forgot <fucking, laughs> that.
2: I never drink rum. Or he beer hates ever.
1: basically spirits. You're just a beer man. I like Cannes
2: super dry, and that's about all
1: I drink. Yeah. Brock's the Barry Basics. I'm the spirits man, but not bourbon or rum, that's for sure. I like Jeez. a vodka, dirty vodka after I've had about 18 schooners, but I'm a.
2: I'll, I'll go, I'll go. The odd Peroni or Corona or something, but I like—I just like dry.
1: Put a beer in front of me, I'll drink it. But if I had to have a preference, I was heavy on the new for a while. Now I'm on the Supers like head, mm. but somehow I like a Corona. It's a clean a cleaner beer. But yeah, it's nice. Matty Tomlinson, how did Frizzell escape any scrutiny for his raised forearm on no, Lasone? yet Lasone gets charged?
2: <laughs> Matty. Yeah, exactly. You can charge them all or charge none oh, of them. Again. That's ridiculous.
1: Consistency, try and figure that one out in all areas of the game. Pat Crosby, super impressed with Callum Ponger and Latrell Mitchell this year. Could you just imagine if they're on the same team? Which one would you rather have in your team?
2: So <laughs> I don't have either. You just take either. How are you going to split it? Well, this hairs? is the
1: one that someone had the other day. They had up the post of five-year contract for one of these guys. Oh. Like, well, they're not even playing the same How position. About now. Any of them? Just give me one of yeah, them. But they're not playing the same position now, yeah. though, so you can't compare them. Like they're saying Doesn't Latrell's matter. a fullback. He's not a fullback. If you're going to play a fullback, I'd be picking Ponger because he's got better all-round skill set. If you're going to buy a. Outside back right now. There's nothing better than the Mitchell. Someone was talking about open market the other day, and you'd only get half a million. Bullshit. If Will Chambers got six hundred on that market as a centre, get seven fifty. The Trel at twenty twenty one would be getting seven hundred minimum, mm. absolute minimum. But uh, yeah, not the same position. But if I had one, I'd probably take Ponga because he's a fullback. Yeah. Michael Cooper, match to the Tigers. Well, yeah, that's a possibility, no doubt about it. Daniel Aelu says, do you think Paris should go after a premium hooker on big dollar light Luke or a mid tier type like Leisha or Seguiaro? <laughs> think the position will be more important next year to help the middle with Paulo and edges with Lane who is looking like a young gun
2: I'd go after Luke
1: Luke would be my candidate as well and I think again money wise on the top end but I think the big thing there is not to go any more than two years and I wouldn't go crazy
2: yeah
1: Uh, when you talk about hooker money premium hooker like if Damian Cook went on the market tomorrow I reckon Damian Cook is going to get around 800,000 if I was going to have a guess yeah he's older but he hasn't got a lot of kilometers in his legs he's 27 but that exceptional speed his pass selection is one thing that I've underrated massively this year, and he must have worked on that. But on the market now, if you're the best or about to be the Australian hooker, I think Cook is going to be 800000 plus. Oh yeah. Isaac Someone... Luke, though, what would you pay for Isaac Luke at his age right now? Given he's had a couple of injuries, and we've seen that he kind of didn't do much the first few years there, you wouldn't want to give him a long-term deal because you don't have that motivation. Mm-hmm. But what would you be willing to pay for your para oh, for Luke? On the cap.
2: Probably six hundred.
1: I was about to say six would be my absolute maximum, I think, for age and I'd hope
2: that I'd have a nice third party for two fifty or something
1: like that. So you so try and get him, maybe four on the cap. And give him 8.50.
2: No, I'd give him 8.50. would for more than yeah. that. Oh. I'd, I'd give him six on the cap.
1: I wouldn't offer more than six at his age and the injury history and, and form line. Try and get him
2: a nice uh, third-party deal.
1: I think the Warriors are... Or even rest-
2: five, and five and 250 on top of it to bump him up to 750. Well, the
1: Warriors are restricted right now cap-wise, but I think they've looked at him and said, we well, made you our again, how marquee how don't, how don't, how signing how for four years and look how we got rewarded. We got one good year this year and yeah. he still missed a couple of games, so... I wouldn't be going too crazy, but I'd definitely prefer him over Seguiara or Alicia, that's for sure. Gavin Black, how does the Moylan saga from last year now look after Hook got sacked?
2: Silly. Looks poor.
1: Well from all different directions, you know. Just from what was coming out. And he then... didn't want to play for Griffin. Griffin wasn't a big fan of him after, you know, what happened. Gus didn't want to let him go. There was conversations that he wouldn't play for Griffin, etc. Like it's it's all just a mess, really. Yeah, so, but it's in the past now, he's moved on, learning in his new role. Jay Smith, congrats on the new addition to the family and early predictions for McGregor. Khabib. I reckon Khabib will Khabib. crush him because he'll just put him on the floor and beat the absolute piss out of him, to be honest.
2: McGregor, I think, needs a kill before then. I think he needs a fight before it.
1: I just think if that was a fight, he'd need to get him on the feet. And if he doesn't get him early, the long game, Khabib like, would murder him on Khabib's the
2: floor. Khabib's last fight wasn't
1: overly impressive, was it? Yeah, but he, he kind of can't get to the ground. And even against Nate Diaz, as soon as he went to the ground, he tapped. Khabib's a different beast. He'd just wear him down, grind him into the floor. Yeah, tend- he wouldn't be getting off the deck. Tend to agree with yeah. Chris Cowan, this to me, and this is talking about the Ivan Cleary possibility of talking to Penrith and that move there. Is as destabilizing as, as destabilizing as having the Woods, Tedesco, and Moses shit fight last year. All needs to be cleared up ASAP. As a Tigers fan, I want Ivan to stay. Well, that's easy. But Ivan... silence slowly paints a picture for me.
2: Yeah, well, Ivan needs to come out and say I'm not going. He needs
1: to say something, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, the Buckster. Gus Good Has he lost the plot? hires Cleary is part of a five-year plan to rebuild the Panthers. Sacks Cleary. hires Griffin. Resigns Griffin. Sacks Griffin. And now wants to rehire Cleary. Can't help but feel that Gus needs to go to too many inconsistencies in his decisions.
2: Well, again, the clear cock-up was second clear in the first
1: place. Yeah. Joey, hey, lads, is it time the Dragons had the same intestinal fortitude as Phil Gould and part ways with Paul McGregor? It's very obvious that he has gotten the club to a specific point and he doesn't have the skills to go to that next level. Kind regards, a frustrated fan. That's
2: probably a fair point. Cool. Um, but who's going to come in?
1: I still sit there and say that Maguire didn't win that comp by mistake. If I'm going to hire somebody with that group, I'd like Maguire. Uh I don't think he's the same kind of person as far as the way I've heard some of the players speak about the way McGregor is with the group. He's within could, the could, group, um, well respected. Could Bennett go back to the Dragons? I think. So he, the
2: Dragons go out the back door. I Bennett think he'd goes off.
1: suit that culture, and the fact he works with the English side, and that Widop and Graham yeah. are there for a year or two, possibly. But yeah. I don't know if they'd be filthy on him when he left and took players in the past. Because I think they were angry at the time that when he went...
2: But isn't Doust and that going?
1: Like, I think Doust is out. But I think yeah. they were filthy at the time. that He did the job and they respected it. But I think he took Boyd, he took Smith, he took McKinnon at the time, who was one of their best young players. Like He took a few guys out of there and left him with a couple of dodgy contracts. So. Yeah. And I think they might have felt a bit hard done by that. They'd sold him a dud in recommending Steve Price. And we've seen that the coaches he's recommended at Brisbane and the Dragons and Newcastle after leaving have all crashed and burned. From a legend or recommended, Jack. You, oh, you got the top of the technicality on the fact that you got referred by a legend named Benny. You're a fool. You're a waste of time. Good night. Uh, Jeremy, congrats on becoming a dad box head. you go. Mate. You're getting caught plenty of. HD. Yeah? Mark Hindle. How long the, did your betting agency games. have to hold during halftime in the Raiders-Panthers game? And where will you build your new house? Panthers mm. at 470 was like printing money. I turned it off
2: at halftime. I had Panthers minus 7.5 and, and over 42.5, and I thought, oh, they're gone. And then turned it on. One of the nurses said, oh, Penrith are coming back. I said, oh, shit. And I got me bet. I don't know how I got it.
1: I was more just filthy that I had fantasy grand final and I got rolled because Villiama Kikau missed eight tackles, gave away two penalties, made two errors and cost me 24 points, and I lost by four. Mm. Filthy. Absolutely filthy. Uh Lucky says how can Sticky get Cory Norman to sign with the Raiders would be a great fit. Ring him up and ask him. Simple. <laughs> he's on the open market. They made that abundantly clear last week. So yeah. put the phone call in, see what yeah. you can do. Austin's out. Well, got Sam to sell Williams. To him,
2: sell to him that it's gonna be a better opportunity
1: than uh Parramatta let I don't know if he'd go there because of the way he likes his nightlife, he'd be. Uh, you know, are you
2: going to give him more money than he's currently on? I probably, I don't think I'd be, feel comfortable giving Corey Norman more money than what he's currently on. I think he's not about he eight hundred. What, what would of you standard. offer him
1: right now? I wouldn't offer him more than two years.
2: No, I'd, be, I'd be happy to pay him eight hundred. I wouldn't be happy to pay him any more than that.
1: I wouldn't. The way he's been the last couple of years and the off-field stuff. Even
2: I think he's got a huge upside. It
1: still bothers me. I, I've got him on Instagram almost every weekend, and again this weekend he still puts videos up. It's like midnight and he's out. I'm like, I don't know if you've been on the drink, but it's pretty obvious that you've been at a bar and you probably are on the drink. So like, maybe not broadcast constantly that you're yeah. out every weekend. Like you're not putting videos up yeah, if you're loaded, play. but I don't want you out if I'm paying eight hundred thousand dollars for fair a marquee play. half yeah. constantly on the piss. Like
2: they'd rather someone you know?
1: who's not exactly. Yeah. So I'd have to have a big meeting with him, but. I don't know if he'd last in Canberra. I think he lost too much. It's easy to say things much.
2: and you, it's what you do, not yeah, Exactly. You
1: say. And that's the big part. Sam Knox, seeing comments, Ari, Gus lying about Griffin's future. What can he actually say when asked? If he doesn't outright deny it, that becomes the story. If he does, he is lying. Hashtag can't win.
2: But the story still remained, yeah. regardless of. He should have just said nothing.
1: Basically. And that, if not, they should have done what I said at the start of the year. They knew it. They should come have out. just put the knock on it instantly in the preseason and got it over and done with. And now I still stick by my guns. I think they've done it because they're looking at this going, well, come finals time, I think the players are going to fire up regardless of who's the coaches. What I'd like to know is where's the leak coming from? Well, I know, well, I, know
2: I know, there's leaks there. Would you agree with me, you don't think You don't think so. Gus, they've had an internal review and the staff have knifed Griffin, hacked him to the ground.
1: Well, the players have also. However, Everyone's yeah, okay.
2: Him. But you can't tell me that Griffin's leaking this information about his future. Nah. So who is? Well, someone's leaking People on the staff or players Mm. Mm. who are still there. So the problem still remains. So what happens when another coach comes in and they're not happy with him? Mm. Or, you know, another coach comes in and a member of staff isn't happy. The same process is going to happen.
1: And this is one of the other things I think you see at other clubs where you look at a Seabold. he may be a first year coach, but David Ferner and the other assistant—I forgot his name are they doing a job, doing their role, and everything's just harmonious. Everyone's yeah. happy, everything's good. You need to be able to trust those around you, and you well, need—you
2: want to have someone on you. You want to have people on your staff who don't want your job.
1: And the other thing about that—well, that's thing. the problem in you know, Everyone wants someone else's job. Wants to be a 1st yeah, grade coach. Think, but... I don't think
2: Dave Ferner does. Dave Ferner's now—he does That's what I'm saying.
1: Not everyone's That's why he's
2: a perfect assistant.
1: Cartwright's the same. I think at the Eagles, he yeah. got a big payout. He had a stint. Yeah. He's happy being an assistant. Solid money, but. I think you need good assistance and even if that is their intention that they're there to learn and do the right thing by yeah. you because they'll get an opportunity off the back of it and um, I think looking at that situation is a big thing and whether he delegated roles or not and you're disappointed with that like you said before we all work with people that we don't get along with necessarily the best thing you can do is bite your tongue be the absolute best you can be get and hope yeah. that at the end of the day that that's going to be enough to get you through Yeah. so yeah uh, what have I got here the wingman should the Sharks consider giving Wade Graham more of the kicking duties closer line Townsend short kicking game hasn't been up to scratch lately, and Wade often gets a result when he does. Good show, boys. Well, like I said on the weekend, I know that seven tackle set stands out, but he did force three dropouts. And generally, if anyone does force a drop out for the Sharks, uh, it is him. I've got no problem with Wade kicking. I like when they shift there on the last tackle if they've got the man up and it gets the winger in two minds. So
2: yeah, but it it it, it, cre- it almost creates a turns a back three into a back two because mm, you bring a winger up, yeah. and you pull the full back across. So it's smart. Good question. Yeah, thanks, wingman.
1: Simon Fraser, I know you're probably sick of hearing about the Roosters cap management, <laughs> but how on earth does a loss to Ferguson equate for signatures of Morris Hall and Crichton? Sub clubs are more equal than others. Would love more transparency from the NRL on this third-party Agree. Or, agree.
2: Th- and you uh, just answered your own question, third parties, mate.
1: Exactly. And then he's got here, blood is thicker than water, mate. He'll be mad not to at least consider, and I guess he's talking about Penrith. Eggle over Gould's face, though, and obviously speaking about firing him now, possibly trying to bring him back. Hmm. And he says, one more. Sorry boys, one more. What is with Lock Lach- what is Lock and Lewis's biggest strength? Defence, short king game or immaculate hairline. Jokes aside, I'm excited that he signed on for another two seasons. Yeah, he looks well. a good
2: one. I think it's just his application.
1: I'd say toughness and yeah. attitude. Like last week he dived on a couple of loose footballs when they were under the pump there and defence. Like Pango Jr. is no easy task for anybody. If you're gonna keep standing in front of blokes week in, week out like yeah. that, he's gonna you know It just
2: looks like Kitty applies himself, he's getting better
1: every week. Clean skin, real clean, looking good looking bloke and talks well, don't yeah. everything right, but does all the hard stuff. If yeah. you're a coach, the bare minimum, if he's plays six or seven out of ten every week, the one thing you do know is he's not going to lay down in front of somebody. He's mm-hmm. going to get in front. David White, two questions. Will the sacking be a help or a hindrance to the Panthers, and should they bring in a forward pass review before the finals to avoid embarrassment? Oh,
2: I think the bunker should just be able to, if they go up and there's a glaring forward pass, they should be able to pull it back. I think it's just a simple way to fix it. They shouldn't be looking at ones that are fifty fifties. 50s um, I think the sacking is going to help them, but because they're playing. They're not playing great anyway, so... I don't know. It's Time will tell with the Panthers, I think, that decision.
1: Yeah, and he says here, I don't know how it works, at the Panthers turf clearer, Now they want him back. It's like the girlfriend who turfed you and then sees you with a girl, looks like you're having fun, and she wants you back because now uh, she works out that she, oh, that she had the best before that. Yep. Hashtag give me a spell. If
2: you want to use that analogy, yeah.
1: That's fair enough. <laughs> want you back after they've got radio. Arthur's the coolest. Which team in the bottom eight has the better spine and will only improve next season? West Tigers. Well, I was going to say, Tigers have definitely got a better spine. I think the other one's still Newcastle with Ponga and Pierce yeah. having more time together. I, I think Watson is a six there. Honestly, think, and I'm going to throw the long field out there. Ponga looks as comfortable on that edge as a six, and I don't think he has to play one side of the field. I think uh, Watson's best spot's one. I'm not saying you swap those two because he's more likely going to be the, the number one for Queensland moving forward. But from all reports, Ponga's got a lot of interest in playing in the halves. If they went Ponga... Pierce and Watson at the back. I think his best spot is probably one. Yeah. So the number nine is obviously the issue there with Slade Griffin being injured, Danny Levi still developing, but those two are probably the most improved spines, I think. Jeff, I don't think I'm being biased when I say that the Raiders have a better team than others above them on the table. How do you fix all these close losses? Do you change the coach, get rid of some erratic players like Leilua? Well I wouldn't I need say to that.
2: pull those players in a line.
1: I'll pull one thing straight out there. I don't think you have a better side because look at your spine for one. I think Hodgson's a standout player in your spine, but other than that, Jack White's not an elite fullback and your halves aren't elite. Mm. So right there, that puts you under most of the sides in the eight when you look at spines and compare. You have the second best or third best nine given form or the fact he's been injured this year, but on his best day he could be number two or three at that position. You've got two front rowers that don't fit the mold of the way the game's going. I think Papali, find a good talents. Layla was best and worst. Uh, I'd still rather have him than not have him for some of the other centers that are in the competition, but can you control him? I don't think so. Rapana, to me, is possibly the best wing in the comp, if not the best wing in the comp. So uh, I'd have to disagree with you, unfortunately, Jeff. I don't think you have uh, a team better than a lot above you, and the main reason is those props, the mental application, and the spine positions, but... Moving forward, uh, they need to be more stable. They need to be better with edge defense, and they just need to be tougher. Yeah, They really lack application in the final 20 when the game matters the most. You can do whatever you want in the first 60 and fire all the fireworks and be pretty like a New Year's Eve light show, but when push comes to shove, somebody's got to come down back at the end there, pick up all the rubbish, the shrapnel and all the shit, and the Raiders aren't willing to do that in the back 20 of the games. They just they don't have the application in their forwards or the toughness to hold on their goal line defense, and their halves can't kick and control them to get them to a victory. So, agree, Yeah. Don't be too ruthless, but yeah, I don't think I'm harsh in saying that they shouldn't be higher than what they are, given the amount of games you've lost. Ben Kirkham, such a juicy show. Can't wait to listen. Hashtag Panther Pride. (laughs) I think you would have got your fair share at the start, champion. Sean McBay, are the filthy Penrith connections going to try and steal Brock back too? I've asked before, but I think I have to again. Why is it the Dragons? And he says to Nightingale, the best play they can draw up when there is no time on the clock. Do they have well, – teams have, have no plans? They should
2: have a plan. Definitely should have a it plan. It was
1: very poor, wasn't it? It was just a two-pass to a winger who got smoked by Adam Blair. It wasn't exactly what you wanted the last play of the game.
2: And I, I sort of addressed the Penrith stuff earlier yeah, in the show. I, I don't have – Ivan doesn't have me on speed dial. Trust no. me, he's got a lot more people. I, I haven't even coached in 20s, so I, I'm going to have to go and coach at 20s and do well there for any NRL an hour or coach to look at me and have me on speed dial. So, but, yes, I, I do know him and I, I do – like working under him, as I've previously stated, but for him to go back to Penrith, I've got loyalty where I am now. So,
1: Yep. Chris Hemsworth, what is it with first-year coaches getting success? South looking the goods to take out the comp on best form if they can maintain it. Well, I won't disagree. The forward pack's done the one thing I questioned in the preseason. Great pair of halves, great fullback, uh, or not a great fullback, but a good fullback, and he's learning his craft, but there's not as much pressure on Johnson to create, because I think they've got left and right pair of halves in it. Exceptional number nine who creates a threat all over the field. Um, yeah. Very good edge back rowers and outside backs. Brad Millen, in the original Jurassic Park, did you find the velociraptors or the T Rex scarier? Personally, the scene with the raptors in the kitchen did it for me. And do you guys remember that first movie you really cried in for me, The Lion King, when Mufasa died? It really chapped me up. <laughs> uh, well, to be honest Jurassic Park I can't remember a lot of Jurassic uh, Park
2: Jurassic Park would have been the T-Rex When he ate the fucking dude on the toilet That would have been—that was pretty freaky
1: I haven't watched it in a long First time First movie
2: I cried in
1: You know what movie kills me now still And I think it's because we're dog people Marley and me Marley and me Every time I watch Marley and me I turn it off Oh, puts that dog down I'm about to punch a TV yeah. like, <laughs> Stop doing it to me, old Wilson Yeah uh, You know the other one that kills me you probably laugh at me I love Forrest Gump I've watched Forrest Gump so many times Dead set I know he was a bit special, but how the fuck do you keep chasing after Jenny? He should have just cracked her after a while. Like Dad said, she just kept stringing Come him along. On, Come on, Jenny. What are you doing to Forrest? Forrest is a perfectly good boat. You're mm. killing me, Jenny. He's just hes a simple guy, Forrest. Isn't I it? may be slow, but I know what love is. Yeah, he does. Chris Hemsworth, did Brock put that Latrell Mitchell top point scorer better at the start of the year? And if so, what was it paying? Yeah, I got 41 to 1. Yeah, well, my, I was on Widop and he was 750. And I tell you what, I'm getting sweaty because the last few weeks People, Latrell's scoring. I copped
2: a little bit of ribbing for that.
1: I didn't know he was going to be kicking goals. Otherwise, I would have been on that. I, I thought cop, Widop. I
2: copped some ribbing. He's 40, He was 41 to 1. Can you believe it? You and can't I've blame got, my logic I've for only Widop. got $10 on it.
1: Yeah, but you couldn't blame the logic for Widop. Not playing mm-hmm. Origin. He was third on the odds. He was about seven, eight bucks compared to Cleary. And Croker always starts at 250. That's not even worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Link Maloney was short as well. But I got Cleary the year before. I've done pretty well with the point scorer bets. But Widop's son, pull your finger out. You need to score a try and start kicking more. I tell you what's really hurt me, and I've only figured it out, or I haven't figured it out, but thought about this week. Early in the year, I was getting penalty goals galore when the penalty crackdown was on. Now that that's dried up, I'm hurting. I'm hurting big time because Gareth was getting four to six points a week just off penalty goals.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure Latrell will win it but mm. Rooster's improvement in form will obviously help.
1: Yeah. And one of the last ones we got here, Wombat, if you were Ivan, would you go back to Penrith? No. And yeah, obviously you're strong on that one that that is something you wouldn't do and like I said, no, I think I just given- think
2: I think it'd be... I just think it'd be a really, really poor thing to do. i yeah, given the situation, I'd be just be horrendously surprised if he if he did it as well.
1: Yeah, and I said you same deal. I think given the circumstances and what's uh, happened, or you know wh- wh- the way things have been going, I I just I don't know if I could see it happening given the person that Ivan is. But there you go. Fan questions, game reviews, set of six, Panthers sacking, power rankings, God knows what, player poll, etc. Uh, haven't heard much from old gossip, so he must be working his tail off today. Maybe he, he's moved up the world old gossip this year. We haven't had much of him because he's. Secret identity, obviously, is Mr. Gossip. And then during the daytime, he works a pretty decent job. So yeah. we'll hopefully get him on before the back end of the year. But I don't have his tips on much gossip for you out there. But I don't think you need much given what's popped out and no. Todd Payton and anything else. I think all the news that's out there this week is basically uh, you know, self-sufficient and sorted. So uh, moving on to the tips brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. And uh, unfortunately, a loss on the weekend with their bet of the week. They went unders on the Panthers-Raiders, which, no offence, was a little bit surprising. Mm. On that circumstance, that a...
2: It was fucking crazy, I'll say. Big score. It was
1: like yeah. crazy, fucking but crazy. On the flip side of I that, couldn't have enough money on the uh, on, the overs. on the overs. I will yeah. say one thing for the boys, though. Eight from 11 is a pretty good strike. No, mate, I'm, not, the I'm best. not bagging the world. No, boys, no right. I'm saying the same thing. When I saw it, I was borderline centre-back. I looked saying, at it, I was like, fuck, you, sure you right? The overs? Yeah. Have you ever been to Penrith and Daylight football on a Sunday? It's but pretty... this
2: is where there can be faults in the system sometimes. Sometimes they, they that would have been based on data. They would have had data there that suggested that it was going to go under. They yeah. would have been... Um, I guess statistics. I think based on the time slot, based on the potential conditions, based on the referee, a whole heap of things. Yeah. So, and sometimes they get them wrong. But as you said, their record is eight from eleven. Eight from so eleven.
1: They're two and a half thousand dollars on the if year. If you said
2: to me you can have eight, well you can have eleven bets on anything that I selected... and get about seventy percent, and if right. I got eight right, I'd be pretty happy. With well, that.
1: if I told you at the start of the year that you could bet with their bets and get two and a half thousand, three thousand dollars profit, you'd be pretty happy, wouldn't you? Yeah. And, so. yeah. Pro Sports Syndicate doing good things there. Keep your eyes open for those affiliate links, the bonus sign-ups and the best bet. Eight from 11, it's a good strike right there. Keep following those ones if you well, like. we
2: also get the package. Mm. And within the package, there are a lot of things that they got right on the weekend. Mm. So.
1: Line bets, et cetera. They're yeah. close to $3,000 on the season now. And that package is still available. I know the season's running out of time, but keep your eyes on that and the best bets, even if you just try it for a month. Yeah. and see if you're interested in moving onto it next year. It's obviously something that people are you know, a bit tentative about I don't know much about, but I'd definitely give it a crack, given it's near $3,000. But half price for your first month, $99, no locking contracts. You can cancel any time after that. If the tips <laughs> they provide you do not return a profit, you get the next month for free. But I think if you're a real serious punter on your rugby league with the last month of football that's left over, give them a test out. Now's the right time. They've got a bit of a form line for the year. They know the way things are going. To $99 for a month, get on board. To have turned a profit... Uh, on this season. Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah. Especially the tips the last few weeks have been pretty bloody difficult. But yeah, close to $3,000 profit on the season. Big thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate. But looking at the first game, Brock Cowboys versus the Broncos. The Cowboys, Sean Fenton out due to concussion. Corey Jensen comes back in for the Broncos. Fair bit of a shuffle. Boyd goes back to fullback. Azako back to the wing. Gamahat Shibasaki finally debuts in the centres. There's been big raps on the kid. Jordan Carhu had a Barry Crocker last week. He's been dropped. David Fafita, what an elevation for this young bloke. And he was I thought he was great last week. He was one of the only guys who had a real red-hot crack. He starts in the second row, and Pungai Jr. is back to the reserve. So he's not even on the bench at the moment. So he had a pretty poor game, but also they're saying hamstring groin injury. And Offa Hengawi he starts at lock for the suspended Josh Maguire. And Pat Mago, and take a the new names on the bench. I'm going to say it right now. These games, regardless of form, are always absolute rippers. They got very close last week. Last head-to-head clash between Little Brother, Big Brother at Townsville for Jonathan Thurston. I'm tipping the Cowboys.
2: Wow. Oh, man. I'll, I'll go to Brisbane. I don't know.
1: Well, Maguire and a couple of those guys being out in that last game out right there, I'm going to give some faith that things will pan out. The bounce of the ball will go the Cowboys' way. We'll uh, have to get Mr. Gossips one later on in the week. But for us now, between us, Brock head, uh, we've got... The odds with the Pro Sports Syndicate. The Cowboys, Outsiders at 2.32. The Broncos, $1.62. Minus 3.5 is a line. 1 to 12, 360 Cowboys, $3 Brisbane. 13 plus, 550 Cowboys, $3.30 for the Broncos. Warriors, Newcastle. It's over there in New Zealand. Uh, Sam Lasone is one of the changes. He's been suspended, so Hickory replaces him on the bench. Bunty Afoa is named, but he is facing the judiciary tonight, so I have to see what happens there. So Blair moves to the second row with Mentoring to lock. And for the Knights, one of the young props that I've mentioned many times before, Sami Solo, he comes onto the bench for his debut. S-A-S-A moves into start and Josh King is out. Mitchell Pearce and Ponga both have injury clouds over their heads, but they've been named. So I have to wait and see what happens in that situation. They've got Meany and Brock Lamb on standby. But this kid, Sami Solo, he's a bit of a bag of bones at the moment. But when you see the frame on him for a 19, 20-year-old kid, He's an impressive figure, much like the Saffiedes. It's not going to happen overnight, but I like the look of him. So keep your eyes on him this week. But this one's a no-brainer for me. New Zealand in New Zealand, uh, still got a chance for top four somehow. Yeah, I'm going the Warriors. Warriors, easy pick for both sides of things in the Pro Sports Syndicate degrees. It's all 38 for the Warriors, 310 for the Knights. Eight and a half is the line. One to 12 Warriors, three dollars four twenty-five for Newcastle. 13 plus two forty, eight dollars for Newcastle. I don't think I'm wrong. Insane. I think that's one of the bets of the round. I reckon the Warriors will lap them. If Pierce and Ponga are in injury clouds, young guy in debut, traveling New Zealand. Uh, I know there's a suspension or a couple of changes there, but the Warriors with their full spine, and I think Harris, was Harris named or not? No, I take that back. No type Harris. Well, there you go. He might be still a few more weeks away. But I like the Warriors, definitely over there, big time. Roosters... And South. This is going to be an absolute cracker, head. 8 p.m. Friday Night Football, the two premier teams, you'd have to say at this point in time in the competition. And the best part about it, the Roosters are unchanged. Richie Kenner, after his injury, he is back finally. He replaces Adam Doohy, who's obviously out in the back line. So that's the only change for them. And devastating for that young bloke. He had a great year filling in all those different spots for a 19-year-old kid. But uh, yeah, Kenner back on the wing. This is the big game, I guess, Boxhead. Who, who do you like in this one? And I'm surprised that the Roosters have still named Sean O'Sullivan on the bench. They didn't even use him last week. Mm. So I think he'd either start there and Madison goes to the bench and they use him as an extra forward or O'Sullivan drops out and they bring somebody in like a Lindsay Collins or a Nat Butcher. Mm. But ah. head-to-head out of these two teams right now. rabbit You're going with Seuss? Yeah. Fair enough.
2: That was pretty quick, wasn't it?
1: Well, the thing in my head last week, I was impressed, but again, looking at them without Kiri I don't think it was like a huge factor. But they still seem to lack a bit of fluidity, and he brings a bit more to their attack and gets that football out to Latrell Mitchell a bit more than they did. So, I'm going to go South as well off what I've seen, but given the big effort they put in against Melbourne. I, I you know, I'm not saying it's going to be a huge ass to get up for it again, but that was a pretty big game. I hope they get up for the Roosters again, yeah. And I'm sure the Roosters will get up for them. But the odds with the Pro Sports Syndicate on this one, a dollar ninety one a piece. It's a pick'em game. Minus one and a half is the line, and their favor there is with the Roosters getting the start. One to 12, for both sides, 425 for 13-plus for both sides. Gold Coast Titans versus the Penny Panthers. It's the two former Panthers, or two Penrith uh, players or coaches out there. Garth Brennan's a former Panthers coach. Serrato stepping up as the caretaker to coach the Panthers here, and as far as their lineup is concerned. Regan Campbell-Gillard returns to the starting side for Leota, who goes back to the bench. For the Titans, Hipgrave returns after being injured last week. With Will Matthews back to the bench and Jai Whitbread out of the side, I don't care who's coaching them. The Titans stink. Yeah. So I'm tipping the Panthers. Panthers. Both agree on that one. And the odds: Penrith a dollar forty. The Titans three dollars minus seven and a half is the line. One to twelve Penrith three ten four fifty for the Titans. Thirteen plus Penrith two forty seven fifty for the Titans. Manly versus the Dogs. So two teams that are away from the spoon. One's going to get further away from the spoon. So basically a guarantee here. But one won't be getting it, Boxhead. Looking at the lineups so for this one, Manly unchanged, no surprise. And for the Bulldogs, Jeremy Marshall King returns. He replaces Frawley. David Clemmer returns after his suspension, and Foolalo goes back to the bench. So who do you like in on this I one? I have
2: absolutely no idea. I'm going to tip Manly.
1: I'm going to tip Manly because it's at Manly, but i tell you what, uh, they've been a bit hot and cold themselves. Their best footy is really, really good because they've got some really quality individual players in their team. But, yeah, at Manly, it doesn't mean much. It hasn't been much of a fortress this year, but... If the Bulldogs put that effort in like they have the last couple of weeks, they'll certainly make it very ugly for uh, the Manly Seagulls, that's for sure. And the odds, $1.60 for Manly are the favorite with the Pro Sports Syndicate. $2.36 for the Dogs. Minus four is the line. 1 to 12, Manly, 3 dollars three eighty for the Dogs. 13 plus, $3.10 for Manly, $5.50 for the Dogs. Parramatta Dragons, and I hate to say it, but I think this is a danger game for you Dragons fans out there. I really do. Eels, despite a rare win last week, they've made a bit of a reshuffle here. Jamin Salmon, the young kid on debut, who was an absolute gun coming to the juniors at the Sharks, got his debut. He's starting at five eight this week. Corey Norman's taken over at fullback and Clint gutherson has gone to the centres and Hayned back to the wing with Bevan French out of the side altogether. So obviously Brad Arthur, not happy with Bevan French chirping constantly. He wants to play fullback and he'll look elsewhere, I think. So he's been given the flick. Good. That is a massive reshuffle though, given the fact uh, they won last weekend.
2: Yeah, oh, well, it is massive it's reshuffle. All... Um
1: I do like when Norman plays fullback just because he gets to run the football. Yeah, and I think he gets more touches than he does with Moses because he tries to overcall him. But He's a 5'8". Oh, Dragons. You're going to go the Dragons? Yeah. Six solid? Definitely. Fair enough. On their side of things, Leeson Armour starts for Paul Vaughan at prop. Uh, they've got four weeks listed up here roughly for what time he'll be out. But again, after speaking to him, it's a bit of an open window. Blake Laurie. He's called up onto the bench and looking at the reserves list here. Nana McDonald's name is listed there. If he comes back, that's a massive help out as far as yardage is concerned. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like upsets are going to happen again this weekend. So I'm going to go to the Eels, not with a lot of confidence. Well, wow. But, yeah, I'm going to keep tipping upsets because you've you've gained ground on me. So getting risky sounds dumb. At this stage, considering I only hold on to a one-point lead, but I'm going to get dumb.
2: If you want to die on the Paramount Hill.
1: That's free. right. I'm going to get dumb. I'm going to do a gossip. He's tipped them all year for some reason, but I'm going to get dumb and go for the Eels. they are eighty with the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.45 for the Dragons. Minus six and a half is the line. One to twelve Eels $4, $3 for the Dragons. 13 plus Eels, $7.265 for the Dragons. Raiders Tigers, I tell you what, regardless of how form works out, the Raiders always seem to absolutely pump the Tigers, and I have no idea why. But on their side of things... They're unchanged from last week's loss. The Tigers, Malachi Watin out comes in with Corey Thompson, who's out for the season with ankle surgery. Luke Garner starts in the second row. Elijah Taylor goes back to lock. Eisenhuth back to the bench. Robbie Rocco is into the side and it's bumped Little back to the bench. And Maher is included on the reserves. Is he close to come back? I think if he's healthy, he might replace Malachi. That's just my opinion. But who do you like in on this one? It's down in Canberra. Their season's still on the line. but yeah, Two two reasons
2: I'm going to tip the West Tigers. Firstly, they got smashed um, by Canberra not long ago, probably six weeks ago, I think, at Campbelltown Stadium. Second reason is they've got a lot more to play for. Canberra don't. Canberra's season was ended last weekend by the Panthers. So, Tigers, even though it's a slight chance, it's a game they have to win, um, and I'll go with the West Tigers.
1: I'll well, tell you what, I think if one of the overs is on this game, bet on it because it's 2 sure. p.m., Sunday afternoon football, if the weather's good down in Canberra, it's a cracker track to play on.
2: Yeah. I could put Well that the, the over under will probably be forty two and a half, forty four and a half, something like that.
1: Mm. Still go over. It could go over that in the first half. I'm gonna stick with the Hoodoo. Uh, for some reason they always seem to beat him regardless of what's going on. They do, yeah. So I'm gonna go with the Raiders here. At I like the look at the
2: Tiger side but
1: Yeah. I do too. And uh, the Pro Sports Syndicate, the Raiders a dollar fifty four, two fifty for the Tigers, minus four and a half is the line. One to twelve Raiders, three dollars, four dollars for the Tigers, thirteen plus, two eighty five, six dollars for the Tigers. Last game of the round, could be an absolute cracker. Smith is under a cloud. I'm pretty sure they've still named him regardless. But the talk is that they've played a bit of ducks and drakes down there. As to the severity, and Brandon Smith's obviously in the reserve, so yeah, that's a difficult one as far as him. But Melbourne Suli Vunivasu is back. Suliasi uh, Vunavalu is back for Chase Blair, and uh, the Sharks are unchanged from last week. But
2: well, the Sharks pulled Melbourne apart earlier in the year. We were there on Good Friday. Mm. Uh, they've got a good record against the Storm, so I'm going to tip the Sharks. I think I'm tipping lost, the Sharks. As they've well. lost two in a row.
1: Um, When Smith runs off the way he does.
2: I don't think Smith's going to play. I think they'd be fucking
1: crazy to play Cameron Smith. And I agree with you. And I'm sitting there going, if he ran off the way he did. I think what we
2: need to do is get on Cronulla right now as our charity bet and get the $2.62. I'm
1: with you. I am with you 100%. Done. And I'm on the bet of, like I said, Ducks and Mm. Drakes. They said, there's nothing wrong. Then Frank Panisi came out and said, oh, we have to get scans. And Mm. if he ran off the way he did, which was bad, whether it's short, shoot, pain, or whatever it is during the week, even if he doesn't, I just don't think they risk him. Because they need him for the finals, even if it costs them top two, yeah. Uh, I just don't think Melbourne will be silly enough to risk Cameron Smith. So if there's You're any right. chance, and with like you said, this point in the week, I'm going go to go the Sharks because I don't think he's going to play either. Mm-hmm. And even if he does, does he last the whole game? Yeah. Um, so there you go. But with the Pro Sports Syndicate, a dollar fifty for the Storm, two sixty two for the Sharks. We like that value. Six is the start there. One to twelve, two ninety for the Storm, three seventy five for the Sharks, thirteen plus two eighty five for the Storm, and seven dollars for the Sharks box And There
0: you
1: go. Another week, mate. Done. Dunski's. Massive show for Done. everybody out there. And I'll say it again. Uh big thanks sticking in last week. Different circumstances, a bit delayed, but for obvious reasons. Like we said, happy mm-hmm. time for our family. Uh massive congratulations again to you and Nicole. Super proud uncle. Super happy for all the weird times to come ahead. Yeah, it'll be
2: weird. It's already a little bit weird, but it's a bit of a surreal feeling. I'm still looking
1: at you weird because you're a dad now instead surreal of just my
2: brother. Feeling. Yeah. Um, How's our charity account going? Have we got an update on that? Well, Last this, week we this we
1: week named... I chucked two bets. I have no idea which one got on, but they both lost anyway, okay. so it didn't matter. That um, we're up two, and I got an update the other week. It's half bets this year, so if you double the total from how we used to bet, but it's actually a pretty good year so far. Yeah. We're on about seven hundred and fifty. So if we were still having hundred dollar bets, which obviously we don't, we would have been on about fifteen hundred. But yeah. with fifty dollar bets this year, we've done pretty good. I looked at our record; we've only lost. Two in a row, two times. We've gone on a four-win streak you had. I had a three-win streak earlier in the year. And then every other week, we've gone one-on-one off. Okay. So we've done pretty good. But uh, for bears of hope, we're up to almost $750 for the charity account. Thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate for uh, being on board with the charity account and obviously our betting and tips, that package. Get on those tips. Like I said, if there's a time to try it out for anyone that's skeptical or thought about during the year, $99. I'll put that link up again this week. There's four rounds left or five rounds left in the NRL. Four rounds left, isn't it? Four games.
2: Yeah, four hours ago.
1: With four games left, that's your month right there. Right, if you're going to test the tips out at the hut this time of year and there's a bit of a form line and you can look at teams and know how things are going, now's the time to test out the boys at the Pro Sports Syndicate. Yeah. $99 for that month. If you don't like it, you'll get your next month for free, which will be the finals. Um, but if you're going to give it a run or you're not sure, now's the time What's half price for that first month, $99. Yeah. Um, get on board with that. Keep your eyes out for the affiliate links. And their best bet, eight from 11. That's a pretty bloody good strike rate. But Boxhead, yeah. back to the hospital for you. Back to the um, hospital. We good.
2: um we we announced Bears of Hope, didn't we? Yeah, Bears of Hope. I just said
1: before they're yeah. getting that money. So,
2: um, yeah, probably. Well, now that my wife's had the baby, probably worth noting that the the reason we chose that charity is because my wife and I lost three pregnancies last year. Mm. So, um, pretty ordinary time. Uh, we we didn't uh, know about Bears of Hope at the time, but have come across them in the meantime. And uh, to lose a to lose a pregnancy was was very, very tough. Um, but I can't imagine losing a bub uh, having been born. So I think it's just a really worthwhile charity um, and that's the reason why we've sort of thrown our support behind them this year. And you've obviously jumped on board with it, but mm-hmm. um, it's probably a little bit closer closer to my heart um, and my wife's heart. But, um, yeah, um, that's sort of the reason why I'm trying to raise as much money as I can for them, for the city to surf as well. Um just because for anyone that's got to go through that, you know, we went through it three times. There's people that can't have bubs and, you know, struggle and have to go through IVF and, you know, never get there. So by no means were we the, we had to go through, you know, the toughest of times. There's always someone going through worse times, but it was a very, very ordinary feeling. And um, yeah, if we can help someone, I, I know that 750 bucks will help out a shitload of families. And uh, if we can do as you know, raise as much money as we can, do as much good as we can. Uh, that'd be a good thing. But it was just this year; it was good timing, and mm. um, yeah, we like to
1: mix it up also as well. We've shared yeah. around our charity bet account every yeah. year. Tomorrow. But
2: obviously, I, I sort of didn't want to disclose that until my wife had had the bub. But yeah, it's yeah. been it's it's been a a tough time and a, a period, particularly last year, where things things were were pretty uh, pretty ordinary from from a week to week basis, and just trying to trying to have our first baby, but that's that's happened now and, um, you know, those times are behind us. But there'd be some people out there going through a tough time. So as much support as we can give them both, you know, allow the Bears of Hope to give them financial support to help as many people as they can, I think, can only be a positive. So that's the reason why we, we went with them.
1: Yep. There you go. Good... Uh... Good charity, good cause, as have been all of our charities that we've stuck with so far. But yeah, a bit more personal, a bit closer yep. to home this year. But nevertheless, like we said, all good causes, every charity is. So get behind that. Uh, thank you again for your support. Uh, all your well wishes to Brock. Like you said, are much appreciated by him and his wife. Awesome. Uh, just to know, like you said, more so than anything, people out there are genuine. You have a genuine connection with us, even though you don't get to see our ugly melons and you just listen to us each week on here. We much appreciate that. We love everyone that listens in. We love... The fact that people are happy to listen to us spades uh, talk rugby league every week because we just love footy. Absolutely, plain and simple. So we appreciate everyone that does tune in. And finishing off just quickly here, gossip. He's got his tips in. I don't think he's got much oh. gossip this week, but he's tipped the Broncos. So that leaves me solo on the Cowboys. We all tip the Warriors. He tipped the Roosters, so we're against him on that one. We all tip Penrith. We all tip the Eagles. He tipped the Eels. No surprise there. He's <laughs> been on a all year. So you've got a chance there with the Dragons to pick up. He's hit the Tigers, so I'm solo on the Raiders, and obviously he knows a bit of mail about Cameron Smith because he's also on the Sharky. Yeah, well, let's so. get
2: that bit on. Fire that off to the pros. Well, I am.
1: I'll be getting bloody straight on it. Don't you worry about that. But there you go. Another show wrapped up for another week. A massive Perfect. show. We've addressed all the issues. Thank you for everybody out there. Your questions, your support, and listening.
2: Well, I'm going to be in trouble because I've missed
1: the feed. So, well, there you go. That's what I do for the fans. Box is in trouble. Good times. Starting off fatherhood <laughs> in the best fashion. Properly. Uh, Best possible way of getting yelled at by your wife. But everybody out there, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league.
0: Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?